So, but he's going to be because uh, I do want to break down this thing that happened on Madison later in the show. So, Eric, you'll be first of all, your name came up when it when it happened, and yeah. then second of all, it'll be good to get your perspective because you're you're just up in the prezies all, all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be, yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. Did did they did somebody say oh, why don't you text Eric because he's already up there anyway? <laughs> they, they did. I got. They are did. you kidding? Me? I literally got last night about eight to ten text messages to the messenger. <laughs> you got to go help this guy, and I'm like, I don't. I you know what do you do? I, oh, I, yeah. I don't know where. There's Watson's Path. There's, there's Valley Way. You could be on airline. You could be anywhere. Oh hell yeah! You know? Yeah, so interesting now. Broadcasting from the Woodpecker Studio in the great state of New Hampshire, welcome to the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast, where we discuss all things related to hiking and search and rescue in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Here are your hosts, Mike and Stump. Diving right in, huh? You guys ready? <laughs> you ready? Hey. Yeah, let's, let's head it. Let's do it. All right, let's do it live here. Episode 54. 54. 54 stomp. So I, um, you're going to be so excited. I have something to tell you. Oh, go for it. You know, you know how you um, you and Mrs. Stomp are like into those Netflix, like those cheesy dating shows? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, well, I finally, like me, so we were up in Maine, like getting the, getting the camp ready and stuff and doing a little raking, but it came back, I was kind of beat, so we were just sitting on the couch around four o'clock, I turned on the show, and it's like, you know how Netflix has that, like, the very first show that shows up, and you're like, sure. yeah, you know, oh my God. so it was the ultimatum, and it was like, a, oh, it dude. was this good looking couple, have we're, you seen it? We're, we just, we actually just finished it, yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so anyway, I love it, it's like fantastic, so alright, don't give anything away, so I'm going to describe for the audience, like, it's so great. It's so crazy. like first of all, like they're all the best looking people. So me and Stomp are not getting on this show. Like Eric, you would probably get on this show. Like, <laughs> With my long hair, people. right? Yeah, you yeah, you'd get on, you'd but get like, in, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Stomp and I are not getting on. So but Eric, have you seen do you know what I'm talking about? No, Netflix? not at all. Oh. No. No. All right. So it's like five or six couples, and the whole idea of this thing is uh, and it's so great, like I'm like I'm breaking it down for my wife and like, she's just rolling her eyes, but it's like five or six couples. And the whole theory is that like one of the couples, one member of the couples is like, I want to get married. And the other one's like, I just want to go to Miami for the weekend and party with my, you know, it's so I think there's like two or three guys that are like probably older than their girlfriends. And they're like, I want to get married. Like my mom wants a grandkid. And then there's three girls that are like, I want to get married. And the guys are just players. Right. So the whole idea is that they, they put them all in a house together or something. And then they start like mixing together and they have to pick like who they're going to live with for like three weeks. So there's one guy that like wants to get married and he's being a total jerk to all the girls. Cause he's, his move is like, I'm going to be a jerk to all the girls to show my girlfriend who wants to party with me, how much I love her because I'm not going to be, with any of the other girls. And then there's one girl that's that's with this guy who's like, I really want to get married. And she's just like, I want to go to Miami and party for the weekend. So she's immediately like dating these other guys. And it's just so depressing. Like he he's the Will Smith of the, the crew. It's oh, just God. sad. <laughs> but nice. it's 
Doesn't sound just, fun for me. <laughs> oh, it's such a great, it's such a great show. But anyway, so Stomp, you, I, I, and I'm so I was so excited to break Dude. it down for you, and of course you wouldn't miss the Stomp. I'm way ahead of you. Yeah, it's like it started with Love Is Blind, and uh, <clears throat> then they just put that ridiculous. I mean, these shows are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. when we're together, we're just like, oh, it's brainless. So I've been on the Yellowstone kick lately, so that's great too. It's pretty good. Yeah, Killer. like Eric's like, I'm gonna come on this hiking show, and that we're talking about the reality <laughs> show. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's good. At least. Not put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. So Too funny. Luckily, you haven't seen it, so you don't have to comment. But <laughs> anyway, so um, so if you are looking for a good way to, how many episodes are there, Stomp? Uh, like eight. Yeah, eight episodes. So if you're looking to kill like eight hours, like <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. do it now. Though I really, yeah, I'm going to have to. It's definitely. If we can get me off a mountain, I might be able to watch something. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like we have uh, Eric Todd Sweet here in the studio, uh, the Woodpecker Studio, and uh, I'm amazed that we got you off freaking Mount Washington, man. How'd yeah, that happen? Uh, it wasn't easy, man. <laughs> this is this has got to be our biggest celebrity guest at this point. I would think, right? <laughs> must be the high chew commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, but anyway, so um so Stomp, I've been down we'll talk about recent hikes. I've been down south, but what's the what's the snow and ice situation up there? I guess both of you guys could comment. I'll on just that. pass it off to Eric on that one. Yeah, yeah he was just out there, so Yeah. I was on ammo a few days ago and it's a solid block of ice about a quarter mile up to the hut. It is. Um, like okay. hard hard stuff. Hard stuff, yeah, yeah, real hard. Uh in some spots though, like yesterday I was up on Washington. And uh, not too hard. It was uh, soft because it was a little bit of rain, snow mixed in. So yeah. you know how that is. It's almost, I call it grippy ice, which a lot of people don't understand what that is. It's the <laughs> ice you can kind of grip into. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You still, you know, you can use, I use my rock spikes, which if anybody knows, that is spikes that are already dull and beat up from the rocks. So we call them rock spikes. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. use my sharp ones. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, like I mixed and ma- I have two sets, and I've like mixed and matched them so much that like they're both basically rock spikes at this point. Which yeah, is I don't stupid want to say that. But I'm, I'm, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. yeah, yeah Pre- same thing. Yeah. Pretty much. All yeah. right. Well, I'm uh, so I, I'm sort of happy then I made the decision to stay stay down south in the Bell Nap. So we'll talk about that later. Um, so Stomp, I did make my way out to Maine, so like out by Freiburg area and whatnot, and there's no snow on the ground there, but there was a lot of like pine needles, so I spent the day raking and burning, which was it was nice to get covered in like um in a campfire for once. Yeah, yeah. Any ticks? <laughs> I, it's so I just had my wife check and she was just like, no, there's no chicks and you're there's no ticks and you're disgusting. Me, so get out of here. <laughs> oh god. So, but yeah, I, I bet you there are. I probably I'll have to double check again. But, right. No chicks. I'm not going down there. Yeah. Yeah. I have chicks on my mind because I have the um, the ultimatum on my mind. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I got a couple of notes here. So one note I have is that I had to remind you that there is a, that we got a new review on podcast. So if you guys can give a review on, po- like don't give a bad review. If you have an issue with the show, just don't give a bad review. But if you want to give five stars and give a good review, uh, that's great. But I stump, I had to laugh because somebody gave a review a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week ago and they, they said nothing but positive things. But at the end they were like, you don't need all of the swearing or the swear he's he's like it's not that common but like swear words do slip in and i think like for the first 20 episodes or so like we didn't have anything but i knew like cheslick was a little bit salty yeah. i think with his language or whatever but um we'll have to keep him keep do you care yeah, what are your what thoughts about swearing i have no issue with it uh, i don't think it's over the top you know we don't go out of our way to 
cuss and curse. It's just every now and then. Spice mm. things up. It's okay. Do you do you have a favorite swear word? Um, no, not really. I don't, I don't typically swear. I mean, no, I don't no, know. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worse than you are, definitely. Like, I've, oh hell yeah, I've slipped in a few. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, in my regular, in my real life, I'm worse <laughs> for sure. But even on the show, I am. <laughs> well, what's your favorite? Uh, he doesn't even want to say it now. <laughs> I don't want to say. When we're hiking, we don't say a swear. We go, son of a. And yeah, that's so, we yeah, stop yeah, right yeah. there. So, you know, because a lot of times yeah. we'll hike with kids, so we can't do that. So, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I, there's like a rating on the show that you put in, and I've always put in clean. But, <laughs> but I guess very like, accurate. I hope the Apple police aren't like catching us because, <laughs> you know, I, I put clean in, but I, I sometimes we swear, but I'll try not to swear today. Yeah. Good luck. Anyway, well, <laughs> forgive me if I if I slip. But anyway, so update on place name stomp. So I don't know if you remember a couple of like probably like twenty five episodes ago. But at this point right now, there was there was a law that was making its way through Congress that was sponsored by Elizabeth Warren and somebody named Al Green. I guess he's a senator. Right. So they proposed this law, which is called the Reconciliation and Place Names Act. And essentially what it was is there's the geographic, there's the Board of Geographic Names, which is in charge of naming all of the peaks and rivers and mountains all over the place. There's a big database that you can go into and this legislation was put forth to basically say that they wanted to have the board of geographic names focus on derogatory names. And that was in this particular law, it was very broad around like basically anything that like could be offensive could be covered under this, um, in, under this law. So for me, I was all like the thing that always sort of sets my radar off is like, it's like, okay, there's some, there's some words that are definitely bad, but, I always think of the presidential range and like some of those guys were up to no good, right? So you mm -hmm. can definitely go back in history to say like, okay, George Washington was probably doing some shady stuff. See, I would have said something else there, but <laughs> the reviewer, <laughs> right? So do you remember when I was talking about this? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. I didn't real, yeah, I didn't realize this, but I, I found an article or maybe somebody sent it to me. I can't remember that. The law has not passed, so it's it's in committee at this point. Mm -hmm. But what did happen is that the Secretary of the Department of Interior, Interior put together a derogatory names committee. So the law is not passed, but uh, this uh, Department of Interior, sh Interior, she could basically just put together like this special um, board. That is by executive order by by the the head of the, the Department of Interior, and they are now looking at place names. And they're they're I guess the executive order is much more narrow, so they're only focusing on the word squaw. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. There's pages and pages and pages of that. Yeah, there's like 660 Crazy. places. So I think it's New Hampshire amazing. only has one. Yeah. Okay. But Where? did you know? Like, I didn't even know that squaw was a bad word. Well, it depends on your source. That's what drives me crazy about this because some people, some tribes even say it's not derogatory. So, you know, with these political com committees, I think they pick and choose their sources. But there is 
like everything, there's debate about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there's this one is sort of the debate's over because they have um, they've they've said that like this this specific executive order is saying that the word squaw is derogatory and that there's 660 places that um, have to be renamed. So I guess what they do is present like five options. And there's a lot of states that have already been on top of this. So like Maine had already passed a law addressing this. Yeah. But New Hampshire, I don't think has. They only have one place, which is in like a cove in on in the Squam Lake area yeah. that they have to change. So it's interesting because I don't really... Honestly, like I think my kids, like they were doing school projects. Like my kids are not that old. Like they were definitely doing school projects where they were being like Native American princesses, and like I'm pretty sure, like in their history books or like their teachers were like referencing them as squaws. So I don't even know how many people know that it's a bad word. So now people will know it's a bad word. Um, but I'm feeling like this is probably like step one in a larger sort of push to probably change some names and i do wonder like i don't really care that much about squad i don't really have any sort of personal connection to a place that has that name but i do fear for like the presidential range to me is the one that really makes me sort of start thinking is that at what point are they going to start looking at former presidents to say like for whatever reason their behavior was not good back in the day and now we want to change the names to something else Mm, yeah yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm all for going back to original names anyway. I mean, if they had original names, I have no problem with that. But when you have terms that, like I said, I, it is up for debate, even though this committee is closed. I mean, I did the research on the Abenaki. The Abenaki do not consider that uh, a derogatory word. So maybe mm. that's probably why New Hampshire hasn't taken the bait. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, interesting. So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to just bring it up because I know that it was something we talked about before and it was interesting that there's it's it's typical of the government like they 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 want to pass a law but like they can't really it sounds like they probably can't get enough support to get the law going so they just sidestep it with these executive orders. Yeah. And now now this story's coming back to me because they there already was like a smaller committee and then I think Elizabeth Warren wanted to make a bigger committee to do this so it was like so like a slush fund or something you know what i mean it's like yeah. taxpayer money you know who knows yeah. well then the crazy thing too is that like there is a board of geographic names that exists and you can petition them to change names matter of fact i think i want to say it was mount clay somebody had petitioned to try to get that to cha- change to like mount reagan or something I, mean, I could be wrong about that but i i, I think it got denied <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mount Reagan. It's got a ring yeah, to it, huh? Anyway, <laughs> That's but, new to me. Right. <laughs> so I'll put a link in the show notes to all this fun stuff. And um, hopefully, I'm, I'm guessing by the time they look at the presidential range, me and you will be will be in the ground by then. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, the 50 so club this is the 50 this club is the tonight. 50 club yeah, yeah he just turned is. 50 actually oh, happy birthday yeah yeah i'm older than you i'm feeling old <laughs> <laughs> um so next update i have here stomp before we get to the show opening is i was watching matt on the pct have you been watching him uh, a couple couple videos here and there what's up i haven't seen him for a few days He's doing well. He's got a new trail name. So it's interesting. Like, I feel like I never knew this, but I always felt like once you get a trail name, 
Eric, do you have a trail name or is you, you're just Eric Todd Sweet? Like you're internationally known as that, right? It, yeah, but it's kind of been Candyman lately. <laughs> I oh. said it has been picking uh, get, uh, picking up steam, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really it's cool. It's got to be the high choose and the fun dip. We'll find out more. We'll find out more. Given to you or did you say No, it? that's been given to me. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's been, the way it has I to didn't work. Make it up. No, that's how it works. Are you talking about Matt? Who are you talking about in the PCT? Uh, Matt Posse, Matt, what's his last name? Booth Bay? I forget his last name, but he's, um, he's on TikTok. I forget. I don't know. Yeah. I forget. I forget. But he's on TikTok. So I'll, um, oh, okay. I'll post it in the show notes. His, so he does like these like one or two minute videos. Oh. And he, he was an AT through hiker that had, um, kind of blown up on TikTok and I got to know him. And then he was on the show probably. Oh, okay like five or six episodes ago and he was like pl- him and his wife were planning on going on the PCT so he I've been watching him getting updates so he's like about 150 miles in Shin oh okay Matt, Matt Shin his wife is not a he's he's a pretty strong strong yeah, yeah. he does like a lot of miles but his yeah. wife I think was getting like her her trail legs going but they're mm-hmm. kicking ass they're like 150 miles in and approaching fifth year. Got a ways great. to go. Yeah, yeah, he's got a long yeah, way to yeah. go. A couple thousand plus. Jeez, <laughs> Here we yeah, go. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 2,600 miles on the PCT. But he changed his, so his his trail name was Pawsey because he was like positive on the AT. And now they've given him a new trail name, which is Quad. Oh. I guess he, I guess he's got big quads or something. Yeah, yeah. But they're approaching Big Beer, which I think for the PCT is like uh, the first really big climbs that That's they That's the big push. Into. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, they get out of the desert and into the mountains. Is that your cup of tea, Eric? I was going to do the AT this year, actually. Really? Yeah, I was thinking, well, I was thinking about doing it. You might as well. I mean, you're out there. I'm out there every day anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not, right? And people ask me, how do you do it every day? AT, I just do it every day. Why not me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just got to get up out of bed. Oh, man. Would you do that solo if you did do it? Honestly, or, I got friends that have told me I wouldn't make it out of Georgia because I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I'd be talking to everybody. I'd like to give it a try. Oh, but, uh, I would probably uh, do it solo and then uh, bump into people, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It would be epic, well, right? Yeah, it would, yeah. I mean, my guess would be that you would you would hook up with a crew, like a, tr- a tramly, so you would, a trail family, so you would have like your your crew, but I do wonder like how many people are going to be out there hiking at, at your right. speed so that you can kind of connect with them. And it's, although I do, I think that people find their, their groups pretty, pretty well. I think Georgia and yeah. North Carolina get a little crazy just cause it's such a, like a big bubble of people. But I think by, right. by the time you get into yeah. Virginia yeah. or wherever it's sweat yourself out. Yeah. Especially the early starters. We, I had a couple of friends that started in March, snow, ice, you know, they find their groove, and I think she's actually finding her friends now. You know, it took a few weeks, about a month, and she's already with her crew. Hmm. You know, you find who you who you want to hike with. You know, yeah, at your sure. speed, at your level. I'm sure you you know you if you drive and just go with it. You know, but yeah. it does happen too. They break apart after a while too. Oh uh, yeah, things yeah. change. Yeah, yeah, and it does get crazy. I remember I was at so me and my me and my friend Tom did like a three day thing on Grafton Notch, and we were at the shelter hanging out, and like the through hikers. Um, I think they get bored of talking with each other, so they were like. <laughs> Talking odd, they were excited to see like new people. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. I was giving out Snickers bars too, so I think that that helps. <laughs> you sound like me now, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, one yeah. of the um, <laughs> one of the through hikers that we met, he like he, he was talking to us, and like somebody came walking past, and 
he got all excited and they gave a big hug to this this through hiker and he was I think that they met in Georgia and hadn't seen each other on the whole trail. They had oh. been friends for like the first couple of weeks and then had right. split up or whatever. So they were so excited to see each other. So I think even like when you meet people in the beginning, like you can, it's kind of crazy. You end up meeting up with them again in Maine. Yeah. And then a lot of times it ends up being lifetime, lifetime friends too. Yeah, of course, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. When yeah, you're sweating and doing that on trails with people for a long time, it's a yeah. special bond, you know? Yeah. yeah. We, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. uh, the hike family yeah absolutely super cool it is um all right stomp sorry i just had a panic there for a minute i thought that i forgot to hit record on my uh <laughs> my thing yeah, I'm, I'm just oh, start from the top <laughs> nope nope it's good all over good again to go. so um uh, but i was just you know what i was checking to make sure that my my microphone was pointed so last thing that i have before we get into sponsors and coffee talk here is the uh, so Stomp, you're like the resident snowboarder, skateboarder guy, and I saw this movie this week that I wanted to talk about a little bit because I thought that it would be something you'd get excited about. I saw it advertised, but I uh, haven't had a chance to see it. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm talking about, uh, there's a Tony Hawk documentary on HBO Max, which is called Until the Wheels Fall Off. They've been and doing some good work, huh? HBO. Uh, this is an amazing movie. Like it's it's on the same level as the Burton documentary. Yeah, which was excellent. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's it brings us into you know some of the conversations we've had with Martin about getting older, and it just walks you through Tony Hawk's life from from like. That early, and I don't real. I was not a skateboarder, but I had friends that were into it, and I know Stomp, you're into that whole culture or whatever. And I, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with it enough to know, like there was sort of the dog, the Dogtown crew, mm-hmm. and then it transitioned into those sort of local California kids, like Tony Hawk and Mike McGill and Steve Caballero, right. and that whole crew. <laughs> So they, they this documentary sort of brings you through how it transitions from Dogtown into like Tony Hawk being a little kid and then how Tony Hawk's dad like really pulled the whole sport together to organize competitions mm-hmm. and then it sort of talks about the rivalries and how like Tony Hawk was considered like the how do you describe it he's sort of like the the mainstream kid and then everybody else was wanted to be like edgier mm-hmm but eventually, like Tony Hawk got so good that they had to give him his due, and he became like the the person that they wanted to aspire to all be. He just surpassed right. everybody in skill. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of like the Sean White figure. Yes, of snowboarding. Exactly. Yeah, but it it is like at the end of the movie, and I don't want to give away too much, but it's just amazing to see these guys in their fifties now, and they're just, still cranking it out. Well, they are, and they're not like the the. What they were, what they were talking about is like some of these guys that had been, you know, top skaters. They were they were hitting the half pipe and whatnot, and they was they. Somebody was sort of saying they were like you could see some of these older guys. They know how to pull away when they get when when it gets when they get past their line and they're going to fall or something. They know to just bail on it right away so that they're playing it safe. Tony Hawk doesn't have that in his brain. Right? Uh, yeah. I just saw a video of him. He was trying to do the world's first vertical spiral. I think it was like a, I don't know, two or three spiral turns, and um, 
I think it, it took him like 30 attempts falling on, uh, you know, bean bags and stuff like that. But uh, dude was taking a beat and trying to get this, but he finally nailed it. <laughs> how, yeah, how old yeah. is he? I don't know. He's got to be in his 50s at this point. But I think they were doing the documentary. They were talking about his like focus on uh, a 900, which I think is two and a half twist. So the 540 is like Mike McGill in- invented the 540 back in like the mid 80s. And that became like the the McTwist that everybody does. And it's sort of like the standard if you're an expert, you can do a McTwist. So it showed about how Tony Hawk could do a McTwist, but nobody could do the 900. So yeah. it just showed him like go over and over and over again and like the banging on his knees and his elbows and his shoulders and everything. But like what had progressed is he was able to do the 900, but he was trying to do another trick, which is like a, um, it's a, it's a loop, like a loop roller coaster, but it's a loop in a, in a skateboard. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to do this, and he just like you have to have hit it with so much momentum. To, you're literally doing a loop with the skateboard. He fell off the side and just bashed his head. And I think he was in in the ICU for like a, I don't know how long, but he just knocked himself out so severely hmm. that I think Concussion. that that was sort of the end of it. But then he went on to do some half pipe work. And he had another major accident. So they were basically the point was that all these major skateboarders that are now in their 50s, they're all train wrecks, like shoulders, back, knees, elbows. But they've all sort of stepped away and said, like, I know where my limit is. But Tony Hawk just doesn't know his limit. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, he's passionate about it. Yeah. I don't know. But I will, like, um, you could apply it to hiking too. Like, <laughs> when are you going to stop? Never. Say never. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's in his mid 50s too. Oh, Tony? I think he is, yeah. I yeah, he's got to be. I, I saw it on TV when he did that nine. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Pretty epic. That's back when Kelly Slater was tearing it up too. Mm-hmm. It's about the same terror, you know, same time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and the whole like crowd just like rushed the half pipe, and oh, it, was awesome. it was like a very uh, very rocky moment. Yeah, it so. was. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it is called "Until the Wheels Fall Off" uh, about Tony Hawk. So I highly recommend it if you have HBO Max. Stomp if you don't have it. I'll just record it on my phone and send you a video. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Just give me your password. Uh, yeah. So we have some donations here. Want me to run through those quick? Sponsors and coffee. Yeah. So we have uh, Alex Folsom donated three, uh, Jeff donated five, and someone named Shandy donated five as well. So thank you very much for those donations. And I just want to say a quick thank you to At Reckless Brewing, where you'll enjoy the best food, craft beer, and fun just 15 minutes from Franconia Notch, many 4,000 footers, and less than 10 minutes from the five corners. I was just there yesterday. Boom. Oh, yeah? How yeah. was it? Awesome. Isn't it great? Oh, I love it there. Yeah. The atmosphere so, is great. so great. Looking for Steven, didn't see him. <laughs> Steve Reckless? No, Steven. Rodriguez. Oh, Mace- oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Reckless yeah. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've hiked with him, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Great guy. Great yeah, guy. Strong. Absolutely. Very strong. No, we got no question. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, water. Water and coffee. Body How about armor. you? Yeah, just body armor because it's got a lot of sugar in it. Have <laughs> <laughs> body armor. Yeah. W- what is body armor? Body armor? Yeah, it's like a yeah, this one's strawberry grape. You never seen the body armor? No. It's pretty good stuff. It's got a lot of sugar in it, but 
Is it a juice or is it a alcohol? No, like no, a, God, oh. no, no, it's not alcohol. No, <laughs> no? <laughs> no body armor. It's like uh, I don't know. I use it for hiking. They get all different kind of flavors. Electrolytes and electrolytes. Stuff. Yeah, it's got all that. It's got all the amino acids and all that good stuff inside it. Yeah, it says natural oh, okay. sugars, but that's what I use. I don't drink water ever. I, I don't like water. Really? Yeah, yeah it doesn't really. taste good. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. And you're a teetotaler, right? No drinking? Uh, a little, not much. Yeah. yeah, once in a while, very, very little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um had a little bit of a drama filled day so I actually uh, watching Ultimatum I had my beer so I'm not drinking anything right now but I did have <laughs> I was uh, I was but I did have um, Night Shift Brewing Santilli which is an American IPA so I don't understand how that can be an American India Pale Ale like how was that shouldn't yeah. it be an American Pale Ale I don't know <laughs> I don't get this I don't know just go with works. it yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, recent hike, Stomp, where you been? Oh, uh, the missus and I went out to the Scour. You ever been out to the Scour? Uh, not Scar, but not Scour. Scour. Oh. What is that? No. You start at Livermore South. Livermore South is like my new thing now. I'm just like diving in, trying to just hit all these spurs and stuff. I was going to say a naughty word. I was going to say red, <laughs> red line, but I didn't. Um, so scour was on the list and uh we hit it the other day and it's really cool uh back in what what when did hurricane irene hit 2014 so i think i think it wiped out a whole bunch of trails so when you're walking livermore road like as if you're going to the tri-pyramids you pass the Greeley pond spur and then the big pine spur um, this new path that they had to create after irene it's called irene's path and what it does is it um it's a short thing. It's like maybe two miles up, uh, two miles back to this beautiful uh, overlook called the Scour. And there's this, this rock with this slice through it. I think that's where they got the name Scour. I believe it's Scottish for scar. Hmm. And uh, there's a view up there of Sandwich Dome um, and Tecumseh and the ski trails and it's it's a really great place wow. I, I i see it being a really great spot for like the foliage because oh, it's right, just right. it's expansive and beautiful um you yeah. can look over to fletcher cascade drake's brook and noon peak that whole thing jennings you know i love that loop love yeah. that loop it's beautiful it's beautiful out there i got a couple of really go-to spots for the fall oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah so that's what i got i i'd recommend it it's beautiful yeah. short and sweet but nice it was pretty steep at the top bit of ice how to put the spikes on so i'm just looking at a map here so if i understand this correctly then so you go to livermore yep. you go down the road walking like you're going to do mount tri pyramid like you're heading to the north slide yep. at the end of that road no. it looks like there's no trail we're not there, going you, did you go on the scour trail it's it's called this is a whole separate thing this scour is actually a bushwhack that you can get to from the top of north tri but this is I don't know. It's like scour. It's a different scour. There's a bunch of scours around there, but scour yeah. um, is just this rock formation, and it's it's way earlier. So it's only like oh, okay. it's only like yeah. maybe a mile to the spur, and then you go up like another mile and a half or so. People get uh, that would confuse oh, okay. the one atop a loon. You mean? Well, that's scar. That's scar. Yeah, no kidding. People right? get that confused with it. Yeah. But there's a scour. Yep. Actually, yep. up by North Tri Pyramid. Too. I've seen it on the map on the on Gaia. When you're up there, you can see it on Gaia. To your right, I believe. Yeah, it's a. Yep. It's almost like a herd path. I yep. think. Right. Yep. I've seen it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you, it looks like it's like right off a of Pine Bend at the at, before you start going down. 
there's a like a flat section where you can get to Scour Peak, but this is right. called the Scour. Okay, I understand. Correct. Yeah, I've seen that on Gaia. Yeah, and there's some neat stuff in there too. There are these kettles. There used to be Kettles Path, which was demolished by Irene, and the kettles are those uh, glacial formations, like the the bowls that just get that you see them up on Welch. That the, they look like just bowls um, of water. But these kettles are I, we missed them. We couldn't find them. I don't know where they are, but um, reading some of Steve Smith's uh, documentation on them, he said some of them are super deep. Like, wow. yeah, interesting. So it's a cool spot. Hmm. We were going to get out to um, Timber Camp, but um, it was just sort of shitty. <gasps> Oop, didn't mean to swear. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's not worth going that far out when it's like no. you want to try to see something and you know it's just going to be socked in. Like, nah, yeah, yeah, we'll do yeah. this another day. Yeah. That's good. So what you been up to? You get out? I did. I did. I got out to, I was like looking at the weather. I got out on Saturday. I kept looking at the weather and I keep looking at Madison and Adams. I'm like, I want to get up there, but then, and we'll talk about this later because it was an incident that happened that we'll, we'll, we'll end the show with, or we'll do at some point. Yeah. But I was like, eh, it looks like it's going to be kind of crappy. Like I want to get up there and make sure I'm on a bluebird day. I didn't want to. So I just went to the bell naps cause I was like, there's not gonna be any snow there and I'll do a little bit more peak bagging and I'll, I'll do some more redlining or trail tracing or whatever the hell it's supposed to be called today. Um, <laughs> so I, Call the committee. Uh, I just, yeah, I, don't, I can't, I can't, I can't keep track anymore, but the, so I went to the Mount major parking lot and I was like, I'll go up the, I'll go up major the other way, which I think is like a red trail or something. And then I went out to sort of the backside of major and I was going to do a full loop, which was, I needed to get Mount Mac, Mount Clem and Mount Rand. Okay. But unfortunately it just started, it was raining a little bit and I was like, you know, I, I just was like, well, I'll, I don't want to get caught in the rain and I want to hustle back so I can get home in time to do some stuff. And I was like five and a half miles in. So I ended up just hauling ass back and it was quite, I mean, you can make some major miles out there. Like I was going like two and a half, three miles an hour, which was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to Mount Mac and then I came back and I just sort of redlined a couple of trails that I hadn't gotten. So I think I have most of that lower section. I just need to get like, there's a few trails that are on sort of the lower end that I have to get to cover. So I don't even know if I'm like purposely trying to, to redline it or if I'm just going to do the peaks or whatever, but it was, it was a fun day. It was kind of gray and windy and it's pretty out there. Yeah. Yeah. The views were nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I've done it all. Yeah. Yeah. So the bell naps. Yeah, Bell Yeah, I've done a range. Yeah, yeah. All color. I'm colorblind, so it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Got lost on the antidote path. <laughs> yes. Oh, years ago when I first started hiking. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that is that place is going to be the most well blazed place I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, there's seriously like a blaze on every other tree. Yeah. When, again, when you're colorblind, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't help much. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Never thought pretty. of that. Yeah, very very pretty though. All right. So are we ready for the show opener stop? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So welcome to episode 54 of the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast. Tonight we are joined by prolific White Mountain hiker Eric Todd Sweet. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, hey, Eric. Uh, Eric is well known in the area, so we asked him to join us so he can share some stories of his hiking adventures in the Whites and beyond. We're also going to ask him about the social aspects of hiking, his experience with the hiking buddies, and how he keeps motivated to continue getting out so frequently. 
Um, later in the show, we will cover some more awesome things to do in the whites this summer. And we're going to break down a recent incident of a hiker requesting help over social media while hiking Mount Madison. So I want to get Eric and Stomp's take on this scenario. So I'm Mike. And I'm Stomp. Let's get started. Let's get it started. It's time for Slasher's Guest of the Week. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So thanks for coming over last minute. Yeah, you're welcome. I was like literally, literally on the horn last night saying, hey, you want to come over for a podcast? <laughs> yeah, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I know. Today. Seriously, like it was funny, funny because I, I was like, oh, it's going to be a Mike and Stomp episode. And I, I was thinking like, all right, we'll do a deep dive on the awesome things. <laughs> and then we got this Madison thing that came up. But then you said Eric. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. But, you know, we'll go. I figured like we do an hour show. Now we're going to do two hours, which will be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> hell. Hell yeah. So, but he's going to be because uh, I do want to break down this thing that happened on Madison later in the show. So, Eric, you'll be first of all, your name came up when it when it happened. And then yeah. second of all, it'll be good to get your perspective because you're you're just up in the prezies all, all the time. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. Did did they? Did somebody say, oh, "Why don't you text Eric because he's already up there anyway"? <laughs> they, they did. I got. They, are you kidding me? I literally got last night about eight to ten text messages through <laughs> Messenger. You got to go help this guy, and I'm like, I don't. I you know what do you do? I, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know where. There's Watson's it's, path. There's there's Valley Way. You could be on airline. He could be anywhere. Oh hell yeah! You know yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> I I know you from social media. Yeah. Um, I think I, I began seeing your posts on Insta like I don't know three four years ago probably, yeah, about that, yeah. and um, been following you and watching all your epic hikes and you know what originally started out as uh, a lot of group hikes originally I think first right yeah perhaps we, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah with my core group yeah 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 and now you're out there just crushing it and uh, I think you're drawing a lot of attention and the media's <laughs> chasing after you now so I thought you'd be a really great guest why not yeah absolutely and you're a neighbor so that's yep. even cooler yep. short commute absolutely so uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background you know where you came from and uh, I'm from Risley from Mattapoiset Mass started driving up here about eight years ago with my cousin Wayne and uh, we started hiking and then uh, eight years back, huh? eight years back, yeah, solid. And then I think it all started when I started running. Ran into Steve Mason. You guys are familiar with him, yeah. Gwen Stratton, and yeah. then Chris Wright, and all that. And we started getting our group together and hitting all the. Well, first they started. I was getting me to finish the forty-eight, and then uh, when I met Mason, we finished them within a few months. That was over, and then we moved on to slides and bushwhacks and all the crazy stuff. That's right. So that's... every every weekend was a twenty thirty mile epic hike. <laughs> I remember that yeah, progression. Right now away. that you mention it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eight years ago, huh? Yeah. Just out of the blue, or yeah, I just decided one day, uh, you know, drove up here, hit Monadnock, and then uh, the following week, three hour drive. Now I did cardigan today, so I drove three and a half hours to hit cardigan yeah. and drove all the way home. That's, That's how epic. dedicated I was when I first started. But I didn't know any mountains. I didn't know what a 4,000 footer was. So yeah. my first one was Carrigan because it sounded like Carrigan. I'm like, oh, I'll go hit that one. <laughs> That's pretty much how it started, yeah. So it only took a few. I ran into some people. But the first person ever I ran into was Mandy Kane. Met her on okay. in Indian Head, as a matter of fact. And uh, yeah. we started pulling the group together and hiking you know, with everybody since then. So, But we literally were doing 20, 30 miles every single week. And it was like the big epic, what can we do? What can we put together? Yeah. Pressies, pemmies, or slides, bushwhacks, and all that stuff. Yeah, while we're talking about it, who who came up with the the name of your crew? The back- White Mountain Misfits. Yeah, you know what? I th- I pulled the group together, but I did not. I do not have the credit for naming it. Huh. I, I really don't know where the name came from. 
as far as the name White Mountain Misfits. But we were, we were, we have a little website Gwen created. It was pretty cool for a while, huh. you know. But you know, things happen. Life happens. Ah, sure, yeah. sure. But we we stuck together for four years. We're still friends. We still hang out. Just the hikes are different, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. busy doing their own. Yeah, thing. Everybody's busy doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I. I tried to scroll through your Instagram to find out when you started hiking and I gave up after about 20 minutes. I'm like, damn it. No yeah. way. There's like 10 million pictures on there. Yeah, I post once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. I do. I absolutely love it. Oh, that's yeah, so great. great. Yeah. So that that's the hiking bug. Um, yeah. What did you do before that? Any uh, other eight, sports eight, or anything? No, uh, yeah, well, cross country years ago, but uh, yeah. did a lot of running, but ATVN was my thing. ATV, motorcycle, wow, yeah, motorcycles, yeah, yeah. and ATVs. That's what we did for fun around the around the area, you know. So after tearing up, tearing up the uh, area for so many years and having EPA chase you, you know, time to change some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for no real. Kidding. Huh? That's cool. What's your take on the whole that whole culture up here? Have you tried it up in Gorham or anything like that? You know, I haven't actually. No. Uh, one time I went to Jericho State Park, but I'm um, honestly. Um, I like it up in Maine more. My brother's got a place up in Prescott, Maine, yeah. and you can rip miles, and you you won't see anybody. You'll be you're gone, yeah. and you can hit a hundred miles an hour, whatever you want. Around here, a little different. Yeah. It was it was fun. Just a lot more roots and rocks and mud holes. We're out there. You're hitting a lot of railroad beds, and, you, and I like speed. So you can, you can. A lot of people don't believe me, but I don't I don't speed in a car, but on an ATV I do. Yeah, yeah I, li- I like hammering on a bike. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Now back to the Instagram. I think at at the top your your profile says uh, something about no lists. I don't list. No. <laughs> yeah. I've, originally you did, but now you're like ask. I I listed the forty eight, um, and that's it. After that, I just fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> Haven't written anything down. I literally had to go in my phone and look at every picture to find out how many times I hiked Mount Washington. No kidding. Yeah. So I've never written a thing down. Never. Huh. Yeah. No, Eric, you um. You know, I, I, and again, I don't know, but I, I definitely see you on social media a lot. And right. my impression is, is that you hike with people quite a lot. Is that how you just decide on what you're going to hike? Or do you have a, like a system where you figure out if you're not doing any list or you're not like actively gritting? Like right. one of the things that I always like about the list is that it sort of dictates like, OK, here's my options. I don't have right. to think about like what I'm going to hike. My guess is that you probably like just whoever your friends are hiking wherever they want to hike is where you go or do you pick um no they pick now so it's at a point now i'm friends with so many people which is wonderful that i get hit up daily by many many people what are you doing tomorrow what are you doing the next day so they ask me i ask them what they need and i just go with them so whether it be a four thousand footer list a winter list i went on my friend uh, mia i call her sunrise mia i did her finish on the winter 48 i went along with that um, yesterday, someone needed, my friend needed to get up Mount Washington for the first time, which is, that's most reoccurring. So I'll do that. So I don't list. So if anybody needs me to hike something, I'll just go along for the ride. I just love hiking. Okay. I just love being out there. And I absolutely love meeting people. And that's pretty much what I'm all about. And I do hang out with a lot of people that do grit and I respect it 100%. I love those guys. But um, if they need me to go along, I go along. But I, I just don't bother writing anything down. I just go along. Hmm. Yeah. Got it. So you're... Yeah. Uh so you're not stressing at all about traffic no, stuff. No, you're just no, you're just no. cruising. I, I don't hike to stress myself out. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you? Um. The, the other thing I am curious about is so you're you're sort of like a good. You're probably like one of the you know the foremost experts on this sort of group hiking dynamic. And me and Stomp have talked about this a lot. And I'm always like, you know, I think both of us are kind of like you know we're weary about group hiking just because like okay, I don't know this person. I don't know what their strengths are. I don't know what right. they like. I don't know if I'm going to have a good conversation. Right. And like you, you seem <laughs> like you've just gotten past all that bullshit and you're just able to hike with anybody. Yeah. yeah. Like how anybody. is that? Like what is that? Like. Um, Explain yourself. Well, you kind of got to cater to who you're with, you know. And actually, if you have someone that's slower, 
if you, you kind of know within five, 10 minutes when you start hiking with someone, if they're going to be a little bit slower, you want to mm-hmm. put them in the front immediately. You don't want them lagging behind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, because that just that. worsens the situation psychologically it does. It for does. them. But my goal is I honestly to, I, I won't just go in the, in the front and back. I'll bounce around, try to make everybody happy, you know, and yeah. just try to keep the morale up and talk to this one and this one. Because I do hike with kids as well, as yeah. you guys have seen that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. and I think it's great with kids if you put the more the merrier, because they're, cho- they're talking so much and they're enjoying each other's company and by the time they know it they're at the top and they're like oh wow we're already here so it's better than when the kid hikes alone you know yeah Yeah. but i've just learned over the time i've always been a chatty guy friendly so i just want to make everybody feel comfortable so i'll literally go up and down the crew if it's you know five or six people hey how you doing what's going on how you feeling yeah it's just how i've always rolled you know and it makes it makes people feel comfortable and you know that's cool yeah yeah. it's funny i actually prefer solo i really do do. Yeah. yeah yeah i did it today first time in years no <laughs> i actually solo t- i never solo <laughs> oh, but I, I i honestly don't really like solo it's it's you yeah know. you yeah, like the company yeah i like the company yeah i like yeah. meeting new people it's great i love getting out with, with my wife but yeah, yeah. we're both like just anti people and oh, really? social yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all right everybody's different yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. i always sort of like think i'm more of an extrovert than an introvert but when it comes to hiking i'm always like i think it's just the stress like even stop like i, I mean we've hiked a bunch of times and like I'll always hit you up, but a lot of times, like if if we if we don't have a sol- sol- solid plan, then I'm like this weekend. I was like I could have reached out to you, I guess, but I was oh I did think I did reach out to you. Just oh yeah, okay, just a heads up, but yeah. Um, I just like hiking solo, so I just get too stressed. I think over the idea of like meeting new people. But Eric, you must just I think you're like a special kind of person when it comes to that because you know if you're not you know, you're open to like hiking with anybody and anybody or speed skill, no. anything like, no, absolutely you just not seem to be able to yeah. match up. No, it, it makes me feel good. You know, it's just, I went down the cog a few months, a few weeks ago with my friend, Adina and I, and I held her hand the whole way down. I mean, she was uncomfortable on some of the, you know, when you're going down, especially at Jacob's ladder, it gets a little precarious. Oh, yeah. So no problem. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, help everybody out. You know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Really. That's was she, uh, was it that, was it that Jacob's ladder that Adina was afraid of? Was she? It was yeah. it sketchy. It, it was. It was. It, it was uh, solid ice underneath about two or three inches of snow, which we all know that can be the scariest because oh. you can't see the ice. So as soon as we started, you know, uh, coming onto it, then shoop, slip. You know. So I just held her hand, especially to me. If you're going down the cog, stay as close as you can to the tracks if you are that scared. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that section is is bad, though. It is. Um, yeah. Were you on micro? Were you just on micro spikes? I don't use micro spikes. I, I prefer K tens, Catula K tens. They get a little more. Oh, got bite. it. Got it. Right, right. Yeah. You know, like me and Stomp were talking about. If the snow is sticky, those those uh, micro spikes because they're rubber, they'll come right off your feet. You know, they can, yeah. they can, it'll stick to the snow and before you know it, you're walking without a, you know, without a spike and you turn around and the spikes on the ground. Where a Catula K ten has two clips. You clip them on, they never come off. And they got a really big spike too. And you can, you know. Like an inch. Yeah, about an inch, yeah. And you can sharpen them. I sharpen them with an eight inch flat file or a Dremel. And if I really want to beat them up, I just use a, (laughs) at the end of their life, I use a, uh, you know, a, uh, what do you call it there? The uh, the wheel. What do you call it? Like that? a legit, legit the, the uh, grinder. Grinder, just grind the heck oh, the out of it. Yeah. yeah, that's at the end of their life when you don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. So you're a nicer guy than I am because my sister-in-law, Marissa, <laughs> she, we were crossing that spot and I just went, I just sort of held my breath and walked across it and then she was she was sort of freezing up. Yeah. And I was like, come on, it's no big deal. You'll be fine. Like, yeah. meanwhile, like she legit could have slipped and fallen into that, I forget that ravine, but you're like, yeah. you're like holding Adina's hand, like, come the on. The whole way down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way yeah. nicer. Than yeah. I am. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
How about backpacking? Do you do any backpacking? I do. Yeah, yeah. I've done it with Steven, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I've done quite a bit. Uh, actually, when I first started hiking, uh, every other week I was backpacking just about. Yeah. 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 And actually talked to Steve Smith. He gave me a lot of great ideas. Way to go. Flat Mountain Pond, Black Mountain Pond, Norcross, prettiest pond in New Hampshire, I think. I love Norcross. Hmm. Have you been out there? I have not. Yeah. If you go to Nancy Pond, hit Nancy. That's a very steep mountain. Yeah. You know, and then you come down and keep going straight and you go to Norcross. Went out there gotcha. a couple of years ago. Well, I've been out there quite a few times, but. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. The only problem is early spring, black flies, man. They're, they're oh. vicious out there. <laughs> it's coming. But Norcross is is beautiful, and you can bushwhack all the way to Cardigan from, uh, Carrigan from there. Gotcha. Yeah. Excellent. That's a cool spot. Yeah, it is, yeah. Have you, me and Stomp talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, it's something I want to do this summer, but that whole, and I think, I think you guys, like your crew has done this, like that whole like Hellgate, area and west bond slides have yes you we have been in that area yeah we have yeah awesome it's a, it is a carpet of moose shit up there it, is. That. it is yeah a lot of moose action up there a lot yeah that's a nice slide. so from the end of the slide up to the west west bond Correct. peak right yep the thing is too when you're bushwhacking when you when you get up the slide when you enter the woods thick 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 very thick like the thickest bushwhack i've ever gone through yeah yeah it was crazy yeah, it's not the end. Once you once you get into the woods, then it's just moose. It's just moose, moose droppings everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, really. But that was a nice one. That was one of my favorite slides. And I've done a lot of slides, and that one didn't scare me as much as the other ones did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the guitar slide, right? Correct. The okay. landslide gully is the one across from the Wiley House. Is probably the one that scared me the most. How so? Okay, like the the very top, uh, the, the gully. Yeah. Well, it's. It, some people get scared on the slab. Oh yeah, and yeah. There's, there's some trickles of water coming down. That didn't scare me, where it scared some of my friends. But it's when you start to do the small little rock climbing. That's not me. And you have to kind of. You can go in the woods to the left, which I did, and I got around it. Yeah. But it gets really, really steep, and a lot of loose rocks coming down. Uh, I think Alton got hit in the head of one of those rocks at one time. Oh man. Yeah. She did it right after us. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And at the end, it's very straight up. Yeah. I would be nervous doing that. I mean, I've sat in that. So what, what Eric is talking about is the, the, the Wiley house or the Willie house on uh, 302. There's like a, you know, you get ice cream there and then there's a little pond in front of it. And then the, the slides that go directly up to Webster are just, I mean, they've got to be the steepest, some of the steepest in the whites, I would think. Yeah, my, my guess is that, is that the one I took Ta- out the Wiley House tallest, yeah. uh, or is it behind from it? the other side? Yeah. Other side, I thought. Yeah, so. the okay. rail, railroad side. Correct. That's what I thought. Yeah, sketchy spot, man. Yeah, yeah, beautiful though. Yeah, I so love the cliffs. Let's stay on the topic of slides for a few minutes. What else? What else have you done? Flume slide. The, well, the real flume slide, not the one that everybody goes up. Exactly. If you, if you're talking to the woods to the left, but it's a lot of algae. It's it's exposed. It's green. It's really, really, really slippery. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, that, yeah. That one's pretty scary. Yeah. Arrow slide, guitar slide, landslide, gully, flume slide. Um, pretty much all of them. All of them. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Tripyramid, North Tripyramid slide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gwen would always map out these crazy hikes and it would always, but the, uh, the, uh, I think Lincoln's throat, probably second to landslide gully. You follow falling waters river, mm-hmm. not you go up the falling waters trail, but you continue to follow the river. Walker's and, isn't it Walker? Correct. Walker yep, correct. Right. And exactly. And then you, then you fall and then it's, it's wide open, but we did it in the summer. So it wasn't, you know, there was no, no ice or anything like that, but very scary. Then it became a rock, a, uh, a rock climb where I went to the left into the woods and, and stayed away from that. That was, the, uh, that was scary. 
Yeah. yeah. I've seen pictures of it, actually. I saw the pictures you guys posted yeah. about that. Yeah. It looked yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. It looked like there was one sort of perch to the right as you're ascending that if you got to that, it looked like you could make it the rest of yep. the way without yeah. much issue. But yeah. 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 But then you go down you, the slide on the other side and go to Owl's Head. Beautiful in there. Absolutely oh, that's, that's one beautiful. of Mike's favorites. That, oh, you've done that. Yeah, that's the Lincoln nice slide. slide, The right? Lincoln slide is the amazing. The Lincoln slide down into the drainage. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's right. Do you know what happened? Three, four years ago, we found a backpack. Me and Steve were looking over. We see something. Somebody was rescued out of there, what, four years ago? Do you guys remember that? You got that? it. That's right. Yeah. Four years ago, we found, found this found backpack. His backpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it was looked like it was ripped open by a bear. The thing was all disheveled and everything. So we went over there and grabbed it. Steve pinned it where it was. We left it there. We didn't want to touch it. Sure. And he went back in and grabbed it and thanked us and everything, yeah. Oh, cool. That's yeah. really neat. Yeah. I think Steve yeah. might have mentioned that when he came on. Probably, yeah. But that's, that's did. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That guy's story yeah, is amazing because he was he near was, death. Oh yeah, near his. I guess his temperature was in the seventies, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Got to wear a jacket. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, me and Beth Lynn and Mindy found that backpack on <laughs> off the Jewel Trail. Oh, actually, I didn't, but they did. But we we rescued that backpack. So yeah, yeah. There are they're out there. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Cool, man. So, any other questions about uh, hikes, Mike, or anything like that? I think so. The slides, I guess my question to you is you had your crew that you were hitting all these slides yeah. on, and these are riskier hikes. Correct. Will you go on slide hikes off trail like this with, with regular people that you no. haven't met? Or no. Do you, you, or, so you draw the line draw a the little line. bit of that. No. This uh, I, I have my, my confidence was with my crew. So yeah. you had that level of trust. I had that level of trust with Steve and Gwen and those people that I went with. Um, way more brave than me when it comes to that stuff. But I, I relied on them. Truly, I did, you know, and I did it, but with with the help, with their help, yeah. So I noticed you don't nope. do any of the climbing. Not really, no. Nah. No, nah, you're not into nah, I'm that. Good. I tried it a few times with them. It's just not my thing. Yeah, not 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 too scary, but I mean, uh, I think if I was going to go ca- uh, climb Cannon Cliffs, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be scared, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done some top rope, and I enjoy it. I've done some indoor climbing. It's just not my scene. I like I like the woods. The woods. I like hiking. Yeah, you know, the yeah. more miles, the better. You know, it's just, just so unpredictable to it is. me. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. don't trust those those rocks <laughs> at all. No, I don't either. No, well, look what happened. Cannon was the last year, the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even when you're at the the Talus Field on Cannon, there's stuff peeling off constantly. Absolutely. All right. So, gear preferences. Uh, do you typically pack heavy or light, or how do you how do you um, approach some of your hikes, especially in the winter? Pretty much, um, I keep a winter jacket. I do sometimes a puffy or a winter jacket, and I don't wear one as you all know. Mm-hmm. But I do have four layers on, so I'm not I'm not going to die out there. So I have I, I love Columbia titanium. Yeah, it goes right against my skin, and then I'll put another layer like this one here over, which is another polyester, yeah. and then I'll just throw a couple shirts on over it. When okay. it uh, when it comes to that, but I always have extra gloves, Gore-Tex gloves inside my bag always. Um, balaclava. Maybe a neck warmer. Some people have seen me with the neck warmer. Yeah. Goggles, glasses. Um, yeah, I keep all 20 that. pounds of candy. Uh-huh. At least, yeah, more candy. Yeah, usually two bags of high chews and some fun dip, and I'm all set, man. <laughs> How about um, communication? Do you have a like a beacon or anything? No, or I a don't. spot or anything like no, that? No, but I always, I always let someone know where I'm going 100%. Because I know at this point, I've been hiking so much, the 48, I know where I will have reception and where I will not have reception. So, But I always let, well, usually... Chris knows where I'm going. I always tell him, throw him a text. Hey, I'm going to be here for the day. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah, keep it safe. <clears throat> cool. 
Are you a, a paper map guy and all trails? Uh, I use all tra- all trails and Gaia, and I always have a paper Gaia, map yeah. in my backpack at all times. Yeah, it wrapped in yeah. obviously in uh, cellophane. That actually Chris gave me <laughs> to make sure they had a map. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I always do. Awesome. And then you've been around so much. Like you, 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 the the nice thing about experiences is yeah. that a lot of times, like you don't have to necessarily rely on any of that stuff because you've been there done that which is great pretty much i was out in the doing a prezi traverse uh what two months ago you might have saw that and it was it wasn't white out snowing but it was foggy i couldn't see two feet in front of me but i think just instinctively i knew when i got off adams i had to go down hurricane junction take a left go towards jefferson you just kind of know you know because i've done it so many times but normally that's that's dangerous especially when it's windy because someone mentioned you should take a map out i'm like how when it's blowing 20, 30 miles an hour, how are you going to read a map? Yeah. You can't even hold the yeah. thing, you know? So sometimes I'll take my phone, put it in a Ziploc bag if there is precipitation so I can use Gaia and all that. But you're right. Being out there so many times now, it, I, I don't need to take my phone out that often, though. No. Well, this is interesting. We'll talk about this this event over the weekend with this right. guy that had trouble up on Madison, but familiarity really helps quite a bit. It does, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if this guy had that level of famili- familiarity. Right. You know, we'll we'll talk about it. I have a theory on that, but um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge having that knowledge. That's why I'm thinking like Eric, like you're a, um, you know, if somebody's looking to make a friend, like you would be the perfect dude to be be friends with just because like, if you're a little bit nervous about um, doing a certain hike or whatever, like hopping on um, with somebody experienced like you is is huge. And I think that there's, I think it's a lot more common for experienced hikers to be of the sort of stomp and my, not that I'm not, not that I won't hike with people, but it's just like I tend to just do my own thing. So it is, it can right. be hard to find your crew. Like you guys got lucky. Like you have a crew of like, yeah. you know, four or five, six really strong hikers. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you've been able to, it sounds like you, you've met a lot of people through hiking buddies as well. Is that true? Yeah. I met quite a few hiking buddies. Yeah. Great guys. Yeah. Yeah. They, I t- they tend to be a little bit newer, I think, you know, yeah. but great, great seems guys. Yeah. It seems that way. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and I get they reach out a lot, which is you know which is fine. You know, I don't like I said I don't mind. I answer a lot of questions all day. People text me all day, usually through Messenger, you know, mm-hmm. through Facebook. They'll you know they ask me questions, and I got I got no problem answering them. And I usually get I always get back to them. You know, yeah. yeah. And hmm. you're local, so you how many times a week do you get out hiking? Uh, winter, almost every almost every day. I I don't okay. I don't think I've had a day off in probably thirty days right now. Something going on like that. Pretty rare. I take. I mean, I might do a little small one. I did Indian Head the other day, and then today was Cardigan. Um, but tomorrow, I'm gonna. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> so we'll, we'll no, you figure independently, it out tomorrow. Did, did we cover the stomp? Is this guy independently wealthy or is he seasonal? What, what's going on here? Trust we fund. Know. Tru- no, no trust fund. <laughs> trust fund. Oh, okay. No, no, man. I, uh, no kids. Paid my house off a long time ago, and I uh, rent out a few rooms. Gives me enough income so I can come up here and play. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you, uh, you you feel like you so did you you work pretty hard when you were younger? Yeah, I put twenty full years in a stop and shop all overnights as a night manager. Um, really? Did another did another eight years uh, at a couple jobs landscaping for quite a while. But uh, ever since I built the house, I had a basement apartment. I uh, downstairs. So I've been renting that out for like 25, 26 years. So that paid the mortgage off years ago. So it's, a, it's enough now to pay the taxes, pay the insurance and things like that. So, but I mean, I'm going to, cool. I'm just going to take a, a couple of years off, I think, and then I'll go back to work maybe, but I want to move up here. I, I got to find a spot up here. I've been looking for land, but it's been pretty hard right now with the prices. Yep. Strange. Yeah, I just want to put up a little tiny house and then uh, just start, just start hiking, yep. you know, get us a little part-time job so I can hike a lot more. 
Yeah, that's all good advice, man. So you got to have that passive income that takes care of you and gives you flexibility later in life. Like I, I wish I had sort of. I, and I was told this many times when I was younger, but I'm sort of on the, you know, the corporate, like I'm, I work till I'm 65, retired right, type deal. Right. But, you know, you, there's, there's other ways to do it, people. So Eric is a good example <laughs> of that. <laughs> oh, boy. Any close calls? Like, uh, you know, almost having to get search and rescue to come out and help you out? No, none of that. But I have to be honest because I'm always truthful. I was up on Washington a few weeks ago and I didn't really pay attention to the weather. Yeah. I mean, I, I read it, but it wasn't accurate or I wasn't accurate, but I was wearing one layer of pants and usually I have my insulated Columbia wear or I'll throw some thermals and I did not. I had almost spring weather pants and it was windy and cold oh, yeah. and I almost couldn't feel my legs coming down. It was really scary, really, really windy, ice yeah. hitting me in the face. I mean, I knew when I was about, I'd say 0.3 because you know that when you when you go up the cog and you go over the tracks, you got about 0.1 to make it to the sign that says 0.2. Yeah. And I was already cold then. I was freezing. <clears throat> so, uh, but I wanted to hit the summit. <laughs> but uh, Summit fever. Summit fever. Uh, yeah, stupid move. But I came <laughs> down and it, it was it was scary. I actually had, I had frost nip or frost bite on my leg with Gwen and Steve a few years ago in Washington. And on that's still there. And now I have it on the inside of my leg, just a little bit. Got a little burnt there because of uh, coming down in that weather. But it, it was scary. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very windy. My legs, I kept trying to warm my legs up, trying to rub them, rub them, rub them as I was coming down. Yeah. I mean, I knew where I was at all times. That's a no-brainer, but sure. it was definitely scary. Yeah, that's that was the first time I've ever been a little beside the slides, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of your element. Yeah. Were you... Um were you kicking yourself sort of like I just got too confident and I just wasn't wasn't thinking and then um, I just yeah I yeah. doubled down by wanting to get to that summit yeah you could say that yeah to be honest yeah I I, uh, I should have turned around I, it's the pants my, my my upper body wasn't cold at all I usually I just wear the same thing I always do but it was literally the my legs were just complete blocks of ice and mm. it was very windier and colder than I than I expected but I think the cockiness of like I can get up and down in a little in a couple hours and that's which was wrong way of thinking. So I didn't realize it was going to be that cold and windy. And especially yeah. when I had to rub my legs to try to, I'm like, you know, if they stop working, they start cramping up or and something, which they didn't thank God, but I went down and by halfway down, right. As soon as I got past Jacob's ladder, usually you start, you know, it starts getting warmer. The wind goes away and, um, and I, it felt better, but it was, it was definitely probably the precarious situation I've been in. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. For real. First and only so far. Yeah. I've been there too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Scary stuff. It is. It is. So we we touched upon earlier before uh, Mike showed up uh, about no injuries, man. That's good. No, You're out no. there a lot. No injuries. Yeah, man. That's good. Yeah. Knock on wood. No, no. Knock up 50 years old. I can still crank. Still move. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just recently, MUR approached you? How, uh, WMUR. How, yeah, what's going on with that? Yeah, just uh, a nice fellow I hiked with Bill, reached out to WMUR. He's seen me hiking with uh, carrying dogs down the mountain a couple times, Mount Washington, or hiking with children and just being an outgoing, friendly guy. And he's like, yeah, he, he guess he's emailed them and they reached out to me and I took him up Indian Head the other day and he went to the top too. Huh. Yeah. So That's did a little headstand for him and <laughs> <laughs> had to share a candy. The guy bought me fund him. You know, how can you go wrong? Yeah, great guy, Sean. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what's the angle of the story? Just like pretty much that just uh, hiking with candy, the commercials, having, just having how to, fun, in how life. to be a good role just, model, yeah, positive, just, yeah, great. just smile, hike and live, man. Have fun. <laughs> but, you know, just trying to not worry about all the things going on in the world. There's a lot going on. So uh, that's, that's why I'm out there, you know, just having fun. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it was a hoot. It was funny. It's it was really cool. Yeah. So when is this piece coming out? Uh, should be out in a couple. He actually put it on Facebook today. He put it on the four thousand footer page. Oh, so it man. should be out in a couple of weeks. 
You are going to awesome. blow up, huh? It's <laughs> funny, huh? I guess, I, I guess I'll be hiking eight days a week. Huh? I'll be real busy, <laughs> which, which doesn't bother me. I'm down for that. Oh yeah. It's a nice feeling. Have you, I, yeah. have you ever thought about like trying to hook up with one of these guide companies and get, yeah. get in a gig? I have. I actually, I, I, I hang out with a guy, uh, Mike Maceal, great guy, works for Redline Guiding, wonderful uh-huh. guy. Yep. So uh, he said that Mike would, uh, you know, definitely hire me at some point, but I, I got to move up here first. So yeah. once I move yeah. up here, I, I'd like to work for him. I would. That'd be great. Do you got to get some yeah. certifications and you do. things? Yeah, and yeah, that. yeah, you do. Yeah. So I got to pay, I got to do that too as well. But uh, I, like you'd I said, be great. Yeah, I'd love to, man. It'd be great. I uh, would, you know. I, I I love it. Yeah. Do you prefer that side of the state or this side, ninety three or the sixteen side? Uh this side. Yeah. I'm used to it. Yeah. I'm used uh-huh. to this side. I mean I know both. I've been on done everything on both sides, but um I was up on I was in Vermont last uh, last week. That was pretty nice. Mud season, but did uh did Killington and then uh, ran over and did Abraham. <laughs> ran over. Well, not ran over. But <laughs> Same day. Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't. No, no. No. But it was, it was, it was, it was cool, man. Yeah. But again, I don't know the area well, so I'm not as confident out in Maine and I've done them, but I'm not as confident as I am here. This yeah. is home. This is home. Yeah. Home base. <laughs> home base. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, search and rescue? Do you think you would ever join search and rescue? hundred percent. hundred percent. If I move here, oh. I, I will. Absolutely. My hat's off to you guys, man. Seriously. That's, that's. That's very, very admirable. Yeah. And when you say you guys, you're just talking to Stomp. I'm a mass hole. That's, so. I am too, though. <laughs> no, my buddies, well, like my some buddies. Of his, uh, <laughs> some, of his, some of his crews jumping yeah. in now, so it's like yeah. it's trickling oh, into the the, uh, the misfits or yeah. jumping yeah. into SAR, which yeah. is great. Yeah, my most respected friend that I love is uh, Captain Chris Wright. He's on SARS now with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's taught me a lot about hiking. He's very knowledgeable out here. So and you see his epic water crossing yesterday? Yes, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, cranked that right I was up. surprised the water was that high. Yeah, actually. me too. Yeah, yeah. We threw, I, I stepped on a log so it would go down a little bit. Yeah. And at least we had something to walk across and hold. So that was, that was pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast out there. He, he's he's gritting. The thing I was most excited about when Stomp told me that you were coming in, Eric, is I want to get to the bottom of the. So Steve Mason was in. You guys are friends. Yeah. I wanted to get to the bottom of this Mount Kilimanjaro story. <laughs> and get it. Get it from your perspective. So if I recall the story correctly. Yep. Um, Steve was like, and, and if the if for the people that are listening, what we're about to cover here, I don't want anybody to partake in ever with their friends. But. Um, these are experienced professionals, I think. Well, maybe not, but my understanding <laughs> is that Steve and you, you went to Mount Kilimanjaro, so you're, you're talking like, what is it, a six-day hike, and you're spending some money Correct. to get there, yep. and Steve is dealing with some, you know, as things is... Acclimating uh, on know, the fly. We're not in the, yeah, we're yeah. not on these high mountains, so like the yeah. New Englanders, we definitely have some issues with the with acclimating to elevation, Correct. and, you know, what you're supposed to do is sort of alert your... Um, you know, you're nice guides to say like, hey, I'm having a problem. And then obviously, if you reach a certain elevation, that might mean that they might turn you around and you can't summit. So Correct. my recollection from what Steve had said is that he sort of reached that point when you guys were right near the summit. You being the good friend that you are, instead of saying like, look, I'm really worried about your safety <laughs> and I want to do what's right for you because yeah. I don't want you getting injured yeah. and turning around, you took the opposite tra- tact and was just basically like told the guides like he's doing fine. <laughs> he's all set to go. So I'll let you take it from there and explain yourself. Yeah, it didn't happen like that at all. Uh, what happens okay. is when you go to 9,000 feet, they test yeah. your oxygen with the finger test. Yeah. And then when you go to 12,000 feet, they test you with the finger test, your oxygen and your heart rate. When you go to 15,000, which is the last leg, now in front of you, you have a Mount Washington hike in front of you. You got about 4,000 wow. feet to go because you're at Camp wow. Kibo. Uh-huh. So they test you. Okay. If you're around 70% 
from what I understand, or lower, they will not let you climb anymore. You're done. Oh, yeah. And as we all know, Steve is probably the strongest hiker I know. Oh, sure. Literally the most confident hiker. I wouldn't be the hiker I wasn't if it wasn't for him, literally. But my oxygen and Captain Chris one as well, Chris didn't feel anything, <laughs> nothing. I don't know if it's all he is a fisher, but he felt nothing. I felt a little, because we sang and danced a little bit when we got to 15,000. So I was tired. I took a little nap, but my oxygen was still at 93%. Oh, Steve yeah. was at 70. So when we having dinner, You, they pass the thing around and then you write your number down. But your guy's just st- sitting there with you while you're eating. Yeah. So yeah. mine was 93, write the number down. I look at Steve, his is at 70. I rip it off his finger. You're 80%, you're all set. If I didn't do that, I don't think he would have climbed. I don't think they would have let him. Okay. So we were up around 18,000 feet. That was around Gilman's Point, it's called. And they're looking into his eyes. We're having a ginger tea break for the altitude. Me and Chris are feeling fine. We're laughing. They don't even, they're not even bothering looking at us because they know we're fine. Steve was like, can we just keep going? So oh, yeah. they were really watching him. They were really watching him. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I mean, at no time that I think he was in danger, but I don't really know. But if you look at the picture, there's a picture we have and it's, it's on Facebook. He yeah. looks very measurable by himself at the summit. You can see it in his face that he was in pain. Poor guy. You know, for real. Yeah, for real. Sure, sure. But, but, uh, but he pushed yeah. on. And you're not, you're, you're doing a single push like up, up, up. You're not going like, okay, I'm going to go to a high camp and go back down. Like there's none of that stuff that goes on with, with, with this hike. It's not like Everest, right? Uh, no, actually it is. There's an acclimating point. Cause when you go to 9,000 and then you're there for one night, then you go to 12, you are there for one night. And then the next morning you go to 13. Thousand, which called zebra rock. It looks like a zebra. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But then you go back down to twelve thousand. That's the okay. only acclimating, which is not enough. They say because I guess a lot of people get hurt and die in Kilimanjaro for that reason. So we took the shortest, shortest route, which is a five day route, because we had huts. We didn't want tents. So that's the show. It's called Marengo route. It's the shortest route. But okay, and that's why. So but the acclimating should have been up, down, up, down. It was just one day up to thirteen, back down to twelve, and then we went all the way to fifteen. And you don't spend the night there. You you arrive there around one or two. You take a nap till about five. They feed you. Then you go back down. And then at eleven o'clock at night everybody gets woken up and then you start at midnight and you'll see a line of lights a mile long going all the way to the summit and then everybody's trying to summit and it's a fight at the top you just don't walk up to the sign everybody's trying to get to the sign take pictures this crew this crew this crew yeah it was awesome glaciers i mean it was a wonderful trip yeah interesting yeah so so the summit is like, it's basically like July on Mount Washington and it's, it's crazy up there. It is. Yeah. Just cold. I mean, I mean, if they, you know, it was twenties, thirties, things like that. Yeah. 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 One of the yeah, guides, yeah. We, we were talking at the, uh, we were inside that, the mess hall eating with, you know, all the different crews and somebody had mentioned, oh, you guys got the easy mountains in New Hampshire. And one of the other guides looks over, he goes, more people die <laughs> on Mount Washington or those mountains than your, than your mountains. I don't know where he was from, you know? Yeah. But. You know, we got that reputation of only 6,288 feet. Dirt hills. Dirt hills, yeah. But we have roots, <laughs> rocks straight up. We don't have switchbacks as much, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, man, that's too funny. Awesome. Yeah. Good story. Have you done anything else outside of New England? Uh, no, no, not yet. I'd like to, though. Yeah, just in time. Just haven't, haven't got a chance. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a cool trip, though, Kilimanjaro. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that. Uh, you know, I think you, you hear of, like, the 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 seven summits and you know, Kilimanjaro has a rep- reputation of being like maybe one of the easier hikes, but like that yeah. does not sound like an easy hike at all. No, I think that the hike itself is not hard. It was the altitude though. You can, you know, for most, some people, like I said, I felt it at 15 a little bit, but I mean, some people, when I arrived at Kibo, they were taking people down. They were throwing up in bags. It was a mess. Oh yeah. It was a mess. It was ugly. Yeah. So it, it turned your stomach a little bit. 
Hmm. No, you guys are experienced hikers. Did you get the impression that there was like a, a significant number of people that were really limited in experience and, yes. and hadn't even done hiking and tried to do this thing? A hundred percent. A lot of out of sh- people out of shape. You know what you see on the trail on the ground? Cigarette butts because a lot of smokers mm-hmm. and shoes, the soles of shoes, a lot of it. You know? Interesting. And, that, and that's from the guides. They, they don't have, they don't, they don't give them quality stuff. They're in pro kids and Converse all stars. It's funny. And they got a 30 pound duffel bag, your bag. They carry for you up to each, you know, to nine, 12 and 15. Sure. Yeah. yeah and for yeah. them, it's easy for them. It's easy. But yeah. there's a lot of people out of shit. I mean, it just amazed me. I mean, how many people? Yeah. You know, and like mm-hmm. him, they, the guide actually took me and Steve and said, you guys are in the back because we were cocky. We kept running up ahead of the guide. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to pass out soon. You go behind us. And it's true. You don't. So I, I ran to my cabin for one second and there's no running at 15,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Now nah, you, you'll be out of breath in two seconds, which I was. But I didn't know. I just turned around to go grab something. I'm like, whoa, better take it easy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, 15,000 is no joke. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So um, you're out there a ton. Uh, do you ever get to the point where you're just like, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not going. Or you just haven't hit that. No, no, I, no. I love it. I can hike every day. doesn't bother me at all. What, what, like like you know, me and Stomp I'm talking about. Not yet. I got to knock on wood here. No injuries yet. <laughs> nothing like that. So as long as I feel good, I can go, you know. But no, I've never, never got in my head that I was miserable, that I didn't want to hike. N- not once. Huh. Interesting. If I ran out of high shoes, maybe yeah, that's, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> run out of candy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about those videos. <laughs> yeah, we will talk. I want to know. I want to find out about this, but I wonder, like, I wonder, Eric, if it's like, because I've done all the, you know, the terrifying 25s, yeah. 52 with the views and 4,000 footers. And I think because maybe you keep track of that stuff and you're like, all right, well, I've completed this, 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 and yeah. this. And it's like, you have this like false idea that like, okay, I've completed everything that I can in this particular region. And maybe right. I'm not as excited about it, but you're sort of like the anti list. So maybe you're just like, from your perspective, you just feel you know, you don't have that sort of preconceived notion about like, okay, I've already finished no. all this stuff. I think because I meet new people every time I hike that yeah, feeds okay. me and it's always fed me. So now that even if I'm hiking now, I get recognized. Hey, Eric, Hey, how you doing? And I, and I love chatting. So that's a no brainer for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I love talking. So I'll talk to anybody. And sometimes I don't make it to the summit in time because I'm, you know, talking, <laughs> but okay. that's, that's why I do it. Like I said, I, and I, um, reiterate that I mean I love people that list Chris and all my friends that list and I, I respect it 100% I go with them I do but I just don't want to I just don't want to write anything down I just want to hike because I enjoy it so much and it's fun and it's all about the people and meeting them and, and, uh, and hiking with them you know and anybody needs me to go up a mountain for a list I'm going it don't matter and it's confident too I like I feel confident out there because I've done it so much so I'm comfortable here you know yeah yeah what about drama because the more people you meet with, the more drama there's gonna this is gonna happen. There's you some know, drama you, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I, I me and Stomp hear the stories. Yeah. I just block um, them on Facebook. I don't. Oh, you talking social media? Social media in drama. Well, just or either that or just like hiking groups. I'm I'm assuming that there's some like you know I've heard stories about like you know romances that happen that go south or there's people that like don't get along and all this yeah. other stuff. Like yeah. do you do you just sort of keep everything at arm's length? Are you sort of like, okay, I'm going to be friendly with everybody on trail, but I'm not getting in the mix with all that. Nonsense. Yeah, I don't want to get in the mix with all that. I've been part of that little bit of drama here and there. You know, you date someone and things go sour a little bit. You know, it's part of life. But yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. only in one group now, really. Well, a couple. I mean, just like 4,000 footers and 52 with a view. I, I don't bother with any of that stuff. And if I do have any drama or someone tries to, you know, add drama or say something negative towards my page, 
or whatever, I just block them. I, I don't even bother. Right. I will not get into a political debate on Facebook or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No way. That's smart. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, that's no, the, probably the one risk like that would I, you know, and again, I'm I'm certainly no angel. I've had my, my share of nonsense on, yeah, you know, yeah. over the years. But um, I, that would be my fear is that, you know, you get entangled with people that, and you may, maybe you're not in the middle of it, but like you're right. entangled with people that are maybe having a conflict or whatever. And that would be one of the scary um, things for me. It's happened. Yeah. It's happened. Yeah. yeah. I just tend not to, you know, especially don't air it out on Facebook. It's not for that. You know, if you like biking, put it on Facebook. If you like, you know, kayaking, put it on Facebook. Don't put all your, you know, don't put all that drama on Facebook. It's not for that. You know, it's to have fun. It's, I, I think it's for what you enjoy doing in your life, like me, hiking. So I, I hike every day. I post every day. But some people get jealous of that about, oh, why do you, why do you post every day? I just said it. I hike every day. That's why I post every day. So, you know, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't want to air anything out on Facebook or Instagram, nothing like that. You know, yeah. I don't like getting involved in all that stuff. Okay. Hmm. That's stomp. We have to have an airing of the grievances show. That's something. We won't, we won't invite you, Eric, to that. But like that would be. God took my candy away again. Damn it. Yeah. So what's the deal with this? What is this candy thing? Because I miss. I see you all the time on like social media. Yeah, but yeah, I miss yeah. this candy stuff. What is what is this stomp? What's he up to? Well, I don't know. Just having Kim. fun. Yeah, just having fun, man. Just making fun. All right, all right. Explain yourself. Honestly, uh, just, just making fun, just having fun in life, man. That's all. It's pretty much what it come down to. I did it once with, uh, I think it was Fun Dip, and I'm just, and I love Fun Dip. Ever since I was a kid, my mother said, don't eat any candy. Of course, now I'm like, all the candy I want. And the cool thing is, like, I, can, I hike up so much that I'm, I can eat whatever I want, brownies all night, even Captain Chris. Will you stop bringing sweets over? Oh, no kidding. <laughs> all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're recruiting other people to, to do the I am, candy yeah. Ads. I got Josh Brooks over here doing Smarty commercials <laughs> trying to beat me. <laughs> oh, just, it's, it's, you know what? It's, we're laughing about it now, but this is what it's about. Yeah, Just of have course. a good time and laugh. It's, it means nothing. It's just, it's a joke, and we're just having fun with it. That's all we're doing. Do you get any, like, blowback for doing it? Like, I, you know, some of these, some of these social media groups yeah. have, like like you know snobby now, 99% of the people love it and it's fun and, get, and they, they do and they all and, and then I just I just hiked with a girl yesterday Katie and she was on Washington with me and she uh and, and she had sent me a commercial like two or three weeks ago and that's how I met her she did a, a, a peppermint patty commercial in my honor so we met and we hiked you know she's a good friend you know yeah so it, and cool. it's good and I'm getting now I'm getting Josh doing it so again we're just having fun it means nothing and that's all it is. And like what's yeah. going on in the world, I just want to laugh a little bit and have some fun with it, you know? And again, I like eating candy and I can eat whatever I want because I'm liking so much. Oh, you know what you got to do? You got to do a, a candy commercial and then like pretend you're littering, like drop, <laughs> drop the... Oh, I tried to feed the, Well, I, yeah, I did that a few weeks ago when I was at Mir. I'm like, and I, hey, here's the Grey Jays. We're not going to feed them because we could probably kill them. <laughs> you know, you're going to get the granoles killing me if I do that, you know? Uh, yeah, the crazy. Yeah. So that that fun dip stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. It I, is good. So uh, when I was a kid, like we would see that, like we go to this can. I grew up in North Reading. And we had this store called Ryers, and you'd see this fun dip. And I, I don't think my parents would let us get that. It was like because they're like it's pure sugar. It's right. Right. Your now teeth now out, you right? know why. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. It, oh my God, yeah. it's the best. But I remember g getting it when I, I mean, I think maybe like my parents went on a trip and my cousin was watching us or something, and we were like teenagers, but like not old enough to be home alone. Right, right. We were honestly not old enough to be home alone until we were like probably about 19. <laughs> but anyway, that's a different story. 
yeah, yeah. But I remember getting Fun Dip, yeah. and like it's it, the Fun Dip is the stuff with like with it's the, got the, the white, yeah, the white yeah. stick, it, which is the best and part of the, the Fun the, Dip, though I have to say. The stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lick the stick and you put it in, and <laughs> oh my god, you didn't see the commercial so, when Katie was pouring it down my throat the other day. Oh man, I, I don't see, know. Oh, I've been, I've been so busy. I've caught oh, yeah, a couple yeah. of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally poured the bag of Fun Dip in my mouth. Wow. So that's good. Um, now you've got me like thinking like next time I'm going to go get gas, I'm going to go look for this <laughs> yeah, stuff. Get the just tries. Yeah, the I, well, I'm curious to see if it's as good as I remember. It yeah, it, it is. Kid. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. But it is, it is my go-to snack though. I, I, you know, if I do something long, like a, anything over 15 something miles, I'll, I'll bring a sandwich. But other than that, you know, I'll just bring uh, meat sticks and things and crackers and cheese and things like that. Yeah. And of course candy. Mm-hmm. So I don't do any of the, uh, I don't do any of the gels or anything like that. Never have never get into any of that. Yeah. So, I did that when I was trail running. Yeah, it works. You know, I just rather have candy. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh Pedialyte now for Pedialyte's awesome. Like so good. It is really yeah. good. Yep. Like I said, I don't drink water. So I've been doing that. I've been doing the body armor, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Mint. What do you do for, um, filtering? For fil- what, I just have a soy water, mini. Yeah. Uh, if I'm, well, I, if I'm backpacking, I have a soy mini. I don't like adding. The, I don't like adding the drops, you know. Okay. But if I'm backpacking, soy mini, or I will just boil it for five minutes. But if I'm out and there you, hiking, do you pour like Gatorade powder or something in it. I do absolutely. Well, I use the drops, the little the little Dasani drops. I use those. Okay. Yeah. Or they have little. They have new ones too with the little energy drops too and things like that. Huh. But um, as far as like if I go out even for a Pemi, I will take. I don't know what the it's thirty two liter, not not the small one, but I'll take three Gatorades with me and throw them in my backpack. It's a little weighty, but I'll do that. I just, it's almost, it, almost like a treat though, it, you know? It, it is, yeah. yeah. And I will carry my soy mini and, and I'll water it down, you know what I mean? If I'm running low and then I'll just use river water and, and then filter it and then throw it in. And it's cold too, so it's even better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I do the day hikes, like I, I have the um the Gatorade powder, but it's not... It's not the same as the Gatorade from it's the not. gas station. No, it's not. Like I will, I throw one of those in, and I'm like, yeah. I, it's yeah, it, it's not the same with the powder. So no, no. Um, Eric, did did Stomp give you the homework assignment before this? What's the homework assignment? <laughs> uh, we didn't have time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have time. I guess I'm gonna wing this one. <laughs> Slasher's hiking topic of the week. We're moving to segment two, which is called Awesome Things to Do. Mm-hmm. And we've been asking guests um, to sort of give their awesome things to do in and around the whites with the idea that summer's coming up. It could up. be anything. And not, not just it could hiking. be anything like, it's sort of like it's fall, kind of fallen into three buckets, like hiking, food, and then activities. Okay. So um, I didn't know if you had like one off the top of your, so I, I reached out to Beth Lynn and Mindy who have been on the show before. So Beth Lynn sent me some stuff. Mindy will send me some stuff next week. So I want to cover their stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to talk about Western Maine a little bit. But I don't know, Eric, do you have anything off the top of your list that's like either food related, hiking related, or uh, activities in and around the White Mountains? I have to think about that. Yeah. yeah. I added that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You think about it. Uh, can yeah. I Can I start? Because I just yeah, added one to my list actually with this. Oh, yeah. Oh, shutters. Yeah. Oh, Chudders. Dude, oh, you, my God. Chudders. Are you kidding me? Is that me? where you get your candy? No, or? but I, oh, of course I've been there a million times. <laughs> you know? Chudders is a yeah. candy store. Um, I think the only place, well, I think it's in Littleton, but there's one in Lincoln, Lincoln. as well. Yep. yep. So the bigger one is up in Littleton. That's right. It's freaking yeah, massive. Awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Um, I mean, just an acre of candy. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's one I just added. <laughs> I I would suggest that people try out that Franconia bike path. Um 
it's super cool. It starts at Skookumchuck and oh, goes all the way yeah. down to yeah. uh, Flume Gorge. Yeah, that's another nice trail too, Skook. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Skook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a good one. If you have a car spot, start up by Cannon, and then or you yeah. can do an out ride it, ride it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heading yeah. north is sort of rough because it's all uphill, it's all uphill, more or less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I suggest starting north and heading south if you're sort of looking for you know a little easier jaunt. Yeah, I, I love floating the Pemi. My wife and I and a ton of people float yeah. the Pemi on tubes. So yeah. look into that. Uh, the antique stores in Littleton are pretty slick. Yeah. Um, Best Mai Tai in New Hampshire is Fugaki in Plymouth. Really? <laughs> absolutely. Oh, Fugaki. Oh, absolutely. For the Mai Tai. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wrote down Weir's Beach. That's a pretty cool Weir's place. Weir's Beach is pretty cool. Yeah. That's a cool yeah, spot. Yeah. I like staying at the huts. I encourage that. I love staying at the huts. You know what's a good one is, is uh, Doublehead Mountain. If it's still oh the huts that's a good yeah huts. that's a good oh, call are you talking cool. like the the pay huts like AMC yeah, huts yeah 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 okay AMC RMCs I like the RMCs just as good too and just as well you got the uh, you got grain up what do they cost now a couple hundred bucks a night or something it is expensive not in the winter though I just stayed at one it was a lot cheaper in the winter yeah interesting well yeah. Doublehead is a U.S. Forest Service cabin so I think you can reserve that I don't think that that's anywhere near the cost it's not, of no but that's a uh, that's a great I, I totally forgot about that place so I will yeah then you can run over to south yeah south peak and yeah exactly so I will um, yeah. yeah so that's a good one Eric so alright you, you you redeemed yourself here I was like getting <laughs> nervous so Doublehead Mountain yeah. is like right in Jackson yeah. it's, it's you know right outside of North Conway and they have this awesome cabin that like it's perfect for and when you wake up in the morning like that's a prime spot for yeah. undercast too oh my god beautiful Especially, like I said, it's only, I think it's only a mile over to South Peak. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But the only thing in the winter is tough. You got to bring your own wood up. That's not fun. Four bundles of wood in a sled is a lot of weight for 1.8 miles, man. That was hard. Oh, yeah. But a lot of the lean-tos, too. Like, Flat Mountain Pond's going to lean, too. That's beautiful out there. I love it out there, you know? Oh, sure. So even though it's a spectacular to go to with kids and you light fire and you hang out and the camaraderie is awesome. Good time. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. What what is the deal with, have you stayed at Doublehead? Like, how do you get the key for that? Um, My ex did that. She she set that all up how, but... um, it's a, I think, I think it was a lockbox. She, he gave her the code and yes. then you hit, and then yes. you get right in. I, and I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I stayed there four years ago with 50 bucks. I'm sure it's double by now. I'm almost sure. Okay. The wood stove small. I mean, if you were to have a fire, you got to really stuff it. I mean, it's really, really small, huh. but no, okay. but it does fit. You can probably fit more than 10 people in it. It's a decent okay. size and the gonna- grounds around. It's nice. It's really pretty. Yeah, I'll put a link to the show notes on how to rent that, and yeah. then there's also like a few other cabins. So I'll uh, yeah. that's a that's a great one actually. I totally forgot about that. So good stuff. Well, I just took a walk over to the one on Moose, and I think they closed that. I don't think that's open anymore. Off a of Glen Cliff Trail. You guys familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. The shelter at the junction there. More no, or less. not the shelter. If you go up Glen Cliff and you cross the river, as soon as you oh, go the other the field, and you go if you're in the field on Glen Cliff. And you take a left and you enter the woods. There's a little brook right there to your left. You can't see it. You got to walk in a little bit. Maybe an eighth of a mile. Oh, is that Jeffers? I don't know the name of it, but there's a cabin. And I went up to it and no longer or whatever due to this. And I don't know what's going on there, but huh. I've always wanted to rent that. But I, and that's that's the I think that's the Moose the Moose Lodge runs that too or something like that. I'm not really sure. Hmm. But that, they used no, to rent that. It's it's pretty too. They got an outdoor swing. They got a wood pile, and hmm. it's a it's a big log cabin. Okay, I'm thinking of something mm-hmm. else. I'll check that one out too and see if I can link to the show notes. But Stomp, just back to you for a second on floating the Pemi. So we've done this. This is a blast. <laughs> yeah, but, this is um, a good time. 
it's good times. But can you refresh my memory? I know when the river's running, like you know, the, the certain time. Like I think it's usually like early july is when it starts getting realistic or is it like later july into august that it's safe to to run it we usually look at the um the temperature of uh, lake winnipesaukee and when that's safe temperature wise we'll go in and that can be mid-june um or perhaps even earlier it does depend on the year but that's a good good gauge uh as to when it's good to go uh, you can certainly get in an earl- earlier if you're in a kayak or something, but if you're sitting on a tube, you want to make sure it's a little warmer. Yeah. You know, it's it's usually pretty deep for the entire summer, but it does start getting shallower uh, towards August, and uh, you may find yourself walking, you know, 25% of it. Um, but there's all kinds of different sections of it. You can do sections that are three miles and then sections that are six miles. You know, just do some research about where you park your cars and this and that. Um, yeah. Following COVID, they did close down a lot of the public entry sections because people were just ransacking these places. Like Indian Leap up in Woodstock is one of those jumps that they just closed because of just people tons of people and cars and everything else so yeah yeah that, that was a good time and and also the thing about floating the pemi is that it's almost a sort of a rite of passage to make sure that you're floating on something that's not like typical like you, you want to really like embrace your like, <laughs> oh, pink, like the unicorn you, you want the pink yeah, pegasus yeah, yeah. floaty yeah. like you don't want like a basic tube like you yeah. want you know you want to be floating on like a yellow banana tube or whatever <laughs> Right, yeah, my wife has uh, a dragon, like a Game I, of Thrones yes. dragon. Yeah. I saw someone on an alligator. That was cool. Yeah, it's and then, funny. And then, of course, the, yeah. uh, the unicorn, the pink unicorn floaty. That's the best one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But um, I do want to cover, so we've talked about sort of your side of the world on 93 Stomp. Um, I wanted to hit up Beth Lynn, and Min- Mindy's going to send me some stuff in for next week, but she's in North the North Conway area, so she gave a couple of... Um, tips on things to do so hers are mostly like food and um um sort of activity related which is good so for people that aren't like as into hiking so she she sent a link to this place called ripple on silver lake which is like an airbnb place that you can stay at so i'll link that and then she also recommended i've never been to this place but i i want to go to it i've driven by it a bunch of times it's called batter up bakery mm-hmm. which is on route 16 right in chicora like that tamworth area where 113 intersection it's a bakery gotcha so next time i go hiking and i'm up i'm heading up that way i'm going to try to stop there to get some get some food for my hike um then she called out the North Conway, like sort of the typical stuff. You know, Zeb's is a good place to go shopping. Um, it's like an old timey store that you can get like candy. soap or candy, all can, kinds yeah, of they, stuff. You get your picture taken with the beer. Yeah. yeah. I've been there many, um, many, many times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then Settler's Green is where you go shopping. That's where like all the, my wife likes to take the kids to go shopping. And then for food, she recommends Delaney's. Moat Mountain and Horse Feathers, which actually aligns with like when people ask me where to eat, those are the three that I always call out as well. I was just at Delaney's the other day. Excellent. Yeah. 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 It's great. Coffee, the Met. Great there. Hmm. Yeah. The Met coffee has, at the Met. The Met has Correct. Coffee, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Yep. The one downtown. And then there's also one in Settlers Green, too. So if you That's get right. dragged shopping in Settlers Green, just tell your significant other that they want to go shopping. Just be like, look, I'm going to go off on my own, check out some of the stores. Just Go around the back corner, hit the Met, and then stay there for two, three hours, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> Get jacked up on Java. 
Yeah, yeah. And then when they text you and they're like, where are you? You just be like, oh, I've been shopping. And then you'll you'll get your, your street cred. And they'll be like, wow, I can't believe you shop so much. Yeah. Good breakfast um, around there. Peaches. Peaches is good. Peaches right. is very good, yeah. T- tucked way in the back? No. If you're okay. looking at the train station, it's left. It's a little more south. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of the train station, that yeah. is super cool, too. Have you tr- walked around those yards? Very much. Love it around there. That's another thing, too. I want to do the dinner moly. train if they do that. Yeah. yeah. They they yeah. have dozens of do. antique trains in that lot. If you go yeah. walking around back there, oh. it's amazing. Yeah. And they allow you to do it, they, too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, you can walk down there. And then the other thing, too, and again, I haven't been, my kids, we used to go all the time, but I do think that if you go back there, so this is the Conway Scenic Railroad that we're talking about in Conway, North Conway, New Hampshire. Um, there is also a model train museum back there. Hmm. So it's in like, it's to the right. And there's a bunch of these model trains that are in there. And there's this old guy that's like a model train expert that will talk to you for hours and hours. You almost have to like so be awesome. like, all right, that's good. <laughs> that might fill the model trains, but it's it's great over there. Yeah. Um, so that's the North Conway area. And then the last awesome things that I wanted to run through is, and I posted this on the Instagram account, is I don't want people to sleep on Western Maine. Like I think Western Maine and that lakes region does not get enough love. So my in-laws are over there. We're in Brownfield, Maine, which is right on the other side of Freiburg. And I can't tell you how many times I'll hear people say like, oh, I'm in North Conway. Mm, and yeah. you know, we didn't know what to do. So we went to Atatasha Cranmore and rode the, the mountain coaster and did the zip line. And then we got bored and didn't know what to do. Hmm. If you're looking for stuff to do and you've milked North Conway for everything, I highly recommend checking out Bridgeton, Naples, and Cornish, Maine. Love Cornish, Which Maine. are, really? yeah, so it's Super cool. awesome down yeah, there. Yeah, Krista's restaurant is excellent. Hmm. Krista's, Krista's is on is, the list. Yep. Best yep. place to eat yep. in, in the area. Huh. Like it, and it's sort of like, it's fine. It's not fine dining, but it's it's nice. It's and nice. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's I, awesome. I've been hitting a lot of mountains in Brownfield. Pleasant Mountain, Burnt Meadow. I've been up there. My friends live up there. Gavin Brown. Okay. I've been staying up okay. there a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that's and that's where my in-laws are. So yeah. let me, uh, Eric, let me do the segment, please. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. I love it that you, uh, you know this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like exactly what you just talked about. So yeah, I'm breaking right. it down into hikes, food, and activities. So the hikes, exactly what you talked about, Burnt Meadow, yeah. uh, Pleasant Mountain, and then I, I'm curious to know if you've hit this one, Cutler Mountain. Yep, Have I you heard of that? The other day. Yeah, Cutler. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. yeah so Cutler that. Mountain is like it's not a lot of people go out there, but it's like it's it's got. What do you think? It's probably got like six or seven miles worth of trails. Oh, up at there, least right? yeah, yeah. I did a loop up there. Yeah, yeah. I got a friend that we up did. There. Yeah, yeah. So we were we got. I got. I'll hit you next time I'm up there. I'll let you know. Like you yeah. come over to the campfire. Absolutely. But um, Cutler Mountain is like this awesome little mountain on um, Route Five, I think, and One Thirteen. And it's, it's, there's these cliffs that overlook Hiram, Maine, which is this small little town. We were hiking that on the 4th of July. We we're like, let's go for a little 4th of July hike. We get up on the cliffs and we look at downtown and they had like this little downtown 4th of July parade oh, wow. going on. So we were able to like just sit up on the cliffs yeah, yeah. and watch this parade go through town. It was like the most like quintessential 4th of July we'd ever had. It was amazing. Yeah. Very, I like yeah. the cliffs. That is pretty cool. I was just up there. Like I think it was last week or the week before. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm so like I didn't think I, I thought I was like giving this away. I'm so happy <laughs> that you know the area. So Burnt Meadow, Pleasant, and Cutler. And there's one more too. There is Yeah, I, I can't know. think of it. I was just up there too. Yeah. Yeah. But. And then for food, we'll go to Cornish because you already hit it. So there's Christa's. Do you you know the other places in Cornish to go to? Uh I don't. No. No. Not in Cornish. All right. No. So there's Bay Haven, which is a seafood place. 
and it's like down the down the um, down the street from Christa's. And then there's another place called the Fairgrounds Restaurant. So if you go a little bit further down into mm-hmm. Cornish, you'll see like there's like a horse racing fairgrounds. Right, right. The, the fairgrounds is right connected to it. And then the other thing that I like to do in Cornish is if you're looking to uh, to do something interesting, there's two antique stores. So there's one on the scene right before Christa's, and then there's one yep. across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, which is right there. And then there's also a bed and breakfast place, which is known, Jimmy Chaga told us this, that it's known as like um, like a marijuana smoking place <laughs> that, that you can go to. So Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Cornish is good. And then the other ones that I want to call out is in Bridgeton. Um, you go to Bridgeton, Eric? Uh, if you name a mountain, I probably, I might have been there. <laughs> it's all associated with mountains. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. So, but Bridgeton yeah. is awesome. Um, <laughs> I think Stephen King has written some of his books based on like downtown Bridgeton. And if you go to Bridgeton, you want to check out the Bridgeton bookstore. Um, awesome bookstore. Like the, the, the floor is all crooked. So it's like a perfect place. It's like you're walking like slanted floors, but it's got all these books there. And rumor has it that Stephen King sometimes does go in there. Oh, wow. So, interesting, yeah. Which is cool. Um, and then the other places to check out in Bridgeton is there's a store called Rennie's, Rennie's. which is like this old time, um, old time, like, um, you know, it's like the, the, the stores where you can get everything. Well, it's like, like a Walmart, a Walmart but like back tiny. in the day. Yeah, I've been in Rennie's. Rennie's <laughs> is cool. Yeah. 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 And there's another place right next to Rennie's that's called the Corn Store or the Corn Shop. And we call it the Can Store. So we're like, let's go to the Can Store. It's like just a little <laughs> a little craft store there. Um, so Bridgeton. And then if you make your way down a little south past Long Lake into a town called Naples. And this is all like Naples, Bridgeton, and Cornish are all within like 30 minutes in North Conway. Mm-hmm. So Naples is like at the intersection of where Long Lake meets Brandy Pond and then feeds into Sebago. So then you're in the heart of the lakes region in the western Maine. And Naples is great. They have this place called Rick's, which is um, a great place to get drunk if you're a drinker. Um and then there is this place called the Causeway, which is this place where you can kind of walk along um, the lakes. And then there's ice cream there. You can rent jet skis. And then you can also rent a air. You can get an airplane ride where he'll take you over the White Mountains, wow. which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then the last recommendation I would say for the Naples area is there's this place called Moose Landing Boats, which you can rent a pontoon boat and go out into Brandy Pond or you can go to Long Lake, or if you're feeling brave, you can go through what's called the Songo River. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. No. There's this lock system where you'll go in, like if you, we rent the pontoon boat, and usually, like me and Mrs. Mike, like fight because she doesn't help with like pulling the boat into the dock correctly. <laughs> it gets ugly. But um, there's this lock system where you go into this lock. Eric, you would love this because you'd be partying with everybody. But it's like you'll have 12 boats in this lock yeah. and then this old guy just like cranks the lock and then you go up and then you head out to the uh, the Songo River which takes you into Sebago. That sounds fun, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah you rent yeah. a pontoon boat for like $400. You get eight or 10 people that all chip in. And oh, it's not bad. bad. Not bad at all. It's not bad at no, all, yeah. No. So anyway, that's that's a lot of stuff, Stomp. Yeah, sure is. A lot of good stuff to do this summer. 
thanks to Slasher. Yeah. Are you fired up about Western Maine right now? (laughs) (laughs) It was a good pitch, but I'm going to be staying over here on my side of the state. (laughs) Yeah. It's a long ride. I get it. I'm such a homebody now. It's ridiculous. I get it. I get it. It's a long ride. I start like thinking about going over to your side and I'm like, oh, forget it. No kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but Eric, like that brownfield in yeah. um, in Freiburg, that whole area is awesome, right? Yeah, I know it really well. I've, I've been I've been staying out there at friends of mine house for like uh, I don't know the last two three months. That's why I've been hitting all those mountains, running over to the bald faces and things like that too. That's a beautiful area as well. Mm-hmm. All the yeah, mountains out yeah, there. So. Yeah, the Royces, the Eastmans, and Blueberry and Speckled and all those are great. Yeah, and I don't know if you if you've gone out to Burnt Meadow. I, I don't know if you've seen this guy, but there's like a 95 year old guy that no. hikes Burnt Meadow. No, and he does like the lower portion now. I I don't know if he's still out there. Maybe he's not. But yeah. that'll be me. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. All right, so segment three here, Hiker Lost on Madison request help over social media. This is really interesting. I got, my phone blew up. I think your phone blew up too. I got about eight to 10 texts, yeah. Yeah, really interesting. So you want to tell us the basics, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So the basics are that um, I got back from my hike yesterday, took a shower, hanging out, got tagged by a listener on social media and looked at this post. So this guy was hiking. His name's Corey. He's usually we don't give out names, but this guy's been out there and he's been pretty open about what happened. So um, Corey posted on the 4,000 footer Facebook group that he was like uh, lost, needed. Oh, he got blown off the mountain. He was on Mount Madison, need help. And then he left his phone number. And uh, that was it. He just posted on there. And then, um, as you said, like people proceeded to sort of, you know, they were all sort of storming at the same time trying to figure out what to do. People were tagging um, the search and rescue organizations. People were asking, has anybody called the police? Um, I got tagged. To say, you know, to, to somebody to say, like, find Stomp. <laughs> he didn't say that, but I got tagged. Like, someone was like that. So I texted you. Eric got tagged very early on because I think Eric, like the people knew that you had been hiking Washington that Correct. day and they were like, yeah. you know, but I don't think people realize like Washington and Madison is a long haul. Can you yeah, jog over there and check it out? <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's a long way, man. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting. And, you know, I think there was a lot of speculation online that people were like, geez, I wonder what's, first of all, there was people that were incredulous that he would post on Facebook and um, some people were like, maybe this is a joke or maybe this isn't real. And then mm-hmm. some other people chimed in and said, I know this guy. He hasn't, you know, doesn't have a history of trolling or anything like that. And then, you know, some people were like, why would he go on Facebook and not call 911 or whatever? And then people were trying to call him. They were just getting voicemail. But eventually, I think I give credit to, I think it's Christine that, that manages the 4,000 footer page. And then Ken McRae also, who does the 52 with a view page. I give them a lot of credit because they were sort of jumping on is that they, people confirmed that they called the state police. So people were calling fishing game directly, I guess, and getting voicemail. So I don't know how that works. And then I'm assuming fishing game is not manning a phone on Saturdays and Sundays, and they rely on things to get funneled through the state police. But I don't really know how that works. 
Well, if somebody calls 911, uh, Fishing Game will get the information from 911. That's, that's how it, That's thought. how it works. You're not, gonna, yeah, so you're not really going to call Fishing Game and, you know, get a, a search and rescue response. It's generally through 911. Yeah, exactly. So eventually, like, a couple of people came on and they were like, we called 911 and... Um, you know, they are, they are aware. And then Ken and Christine were on there sort of like telling people who were like, you know, call, I'm going to call blah, blah, blah. They were like, like, just to be clear, the authorities had been called and it was just, and then I think people were making assumptions that like, okay, the authorities have been called and now they just assume that like a search and rescue is being mobilized. And, you know, over the course of like the next three to four hours, there was a lot of people like, you know, search and rescue should have should be there by now and hopefully they found him and I hope he's safe. And I'm sort of sitting there thinking like, first of all, I don't even know if this is enough to go on for anybody to activate a search and rescue mission. I don't know how that works, but maybe somebody was like saying like, we'll do a hasty search up Valley way or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But long story short, he ended up, contacting his family somehow he got down he made his way down ended up contacting his family and then over social media somebody had posted to say like he's safe and then everybody was like oh thank goodness um but Corey was nice enough this morning to to give an update but before we give that update it's funny like eric i your name came up and somebody was like hopefully he'll Maybe he's there. Somebody contact him, and then somebody was like, um, "He's not a trained professional." Yeah, and yeah. it's like, do you want a trained professional, or do you want like anybody that with a warm right. body that's close by to look? You know, it's, right. it was kind of funny. Well, it goes back to that that Pam Bales topic. Like, you you don't want to create another search and rescue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, when when I heard it, I'm like, I I could go up Valley Way. I can go up Airline. Is sure. he on Watson's path? Yeah. Then I heard he was over in Adams. So I mean, you know, it's. You know, you need you need a team. <clears throat> and just you t- one person is not enough. You need definitely need a team because I could he could have been anywhere. You know? Yeah, and yeah. you need communication. Yeah, um, because what you're dealing with. I mean, just for the listeners, this guy, in his response today, was saying that he got stuck in a, a squall. Yeah, and probably got turned around up on the summit of Madison, so he just could not see where he's going, and right. ended up in deep snow. So, yeah. you don't want to send random people up there. I mean, no. I, that's probably the risk of social media. Really, it's like oh. Good Samaritan, I'm going to go up and check it out. Yeah, and yeah. All of a sudden, you're in big trouble as yeah. well. Especially if you're not familiar with it up there, like we are, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I guess that could be the worst case scenario. It was like maybe somebody was on Adams. Their friend says like, hey, I know you were on Adams. Maybe they say like, okay, I wasn't going to summit Madison, but maybe I'll go up there to see if I can help. And then they go past their limit, and then you get a disaster on your hands. Yeah. Yep, sure do. So. But anyway, so Corey was nice enough to update everybody on what happened. And his explanation was basically a couple of things. Number one, the his his train of thought around posting on social media was that um, he considered calling 911. He didn't think that he could get a call through. He thought that posting on this group would be the best way to alert people. Because his phone was about to die. His phone was about to die, um, and then his phone actually did die. So he did say, he was like, I just found out that you can actually text 911. Maybe I would have done that in the future, you know. So that was the the train of thought on why he did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting. And it was cold up there. I was up there. It was cold, windy, Mm -hmm. and precipitation, snowing, no doubt. 
So yeah. did you uh, know that squall was coming through? No. 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 You know, we, we started uh, going up the cog, and then you know, it wasn't supposed to. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be raining a little bit down below. Of course, you know, as you get higher, it's going to be snow. But yeah, it, it was it was hammering. I got a couple of videos of it. It was coming down real hard. Huh. Yeah. So I can imagine what he got caught in the poor guy, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, you know, he, in the phrasing that he used about blown off, blown off course, I think, Stomp, we've talked about this, and Ty has talked about this too, is that I'm assuming the wind was coming across and I'm, I'm assuming he came up from the hot. I don't know for sure, but I would imagine <laughs> yeah. that would be the way that he came through. But he was pushed off towards uh, Hawker Ridge, and it sounds like he said that he found a, a trail junction that was 1.2 miles from Madison Hot, which to me tells me he was probably Pine dead. Link. Somehow he made his way through the scrub and everything else to get down into that junction where Hawker Ridge and Pine Link meet up and then Pine Link sort of goes below on the other side. Yeah. And I think that's where. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In his, in his description, he was trying to find Watson's path, which goes Watson's path goes like straight, straight down, down from the summit steep. and connects with Pine Link. I think that was his goal was to find that to get down. And not many people go up Hawker Ridge. I can't imagine anybody no. going up there. I've broken that trail one a couple of times. Yeah, that's, that's a tough trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Pine Link is the same thing. Like Pine Link goes below the summit on the other side is the parapet trail, which is like the worst trail in the whites. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> it's pretty worse rough. than the link. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like Pine Link, I'm assuming would be the same sort of scenario is that you're not going to be able to follow that. But somehow he made his way back up to the summit. And then I think he went down the traditional route to the hut. But then... He says that instead of him going down Valley Way, he came up Airline was how he how he came up Adams. Mm -hmm. So he made his way back over to Airline. So to me, this tells me a couple of things. One is my guess with this scenario is that he did not. You know, this may have been his first or second time on the mountain. Like he, I don't think that he probably knew this area like eric you know we talked about this earlier around like the knowledge of the area yeah. so you know like okay i gotta get a madison hut and then i get in with the valley way and right. that's the safest way down he didn't know that so he took airline back down which is you know that doesn't make any sense so my sense is that he probably no and it's ice here too yeah 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 hmm. and the other the other thing that stands out in the story is that he knew when he was on adam's that he should probably bail out but he decided to continue on so he had that little voice on his shoulder mm. telling him. Uh, it's always a tough thing sometimes, but... He got beat up on Facebook a little bit too, didn't he? I don't know. Did he? Yeah, he got a couple of people trolling, just a few things said. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, poor guy. I mean, it's not... You know what happens? It can happen to anyone. Anyone, you know? Oh, absolutely. There's no reason for someone to tear him apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, all you can do is, um, you know, there's just decisions that you have to make whether or not they're right or wrong is really not a right or wrong. It's just like whatever you need to do to get down. So he made his way down. I think it's good to sort of learn on the learn on these these scenarios. And for me, you know, it's like you guys said, like he, he thought to himself, like I should I should call it a day at Adams. He didn't, you know, you get that summit fever. Um I think knowledge of the area, again, like that that that's a critical thing especially when you get stuck in a whiteout the phone situation i don't know eric do you do this like i always take like um hand warmers at the beginning of my hike mm -hmm. and those go in the, the the chest pocket and then the phone goes in there usually well, with, almost 100 percent of the time yep i always keep it against my skin too like in my back pocket i never have it in a in a separate pocket 
mm-hmm. it's always against my pocket and right right over here. Yeah. That way it's a kind of against my skin with a hand warmer yeah. at all times and I've never, ever, ever lost a battery yet. I've never had my phone die. But yeah. if you keep it in yeah. a separate zip pocket in your backpack or in your backpack, it's not hitting your body. It should always be against your body with a heat pad, with a, with a, with a uh, hand warmer. And I've never, yeah. I've never had a phone die that way. But a lot of my friends have had it in their backpack. You know, they have that po- phone pocket thing, sure. but air is hitting it constantly. Or it, I just think it's it needs a, to be against be your body at all times. You know, your body heat should keep it warm with a hand warmer. Mm. Those toe warmers yeah. like stick right on the back That's of your what I do. phone. That's too. exactly what I do. Yep, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, you know, so that's the one thing that I sort of think about is like make sure that you you're keeping your phone warm. And again, people will tell you don't rely on your phone, but Eric, I go back to what you were talking about before. Is like in that situation, like what's he going to do? Whip out his map and yeah. figure out where the hell he's going? Yeah, snow, rain, precipitation, wind. You're not going to read that thing. I don't. I mean, think a, so, a you compass know. would give you a rough sense of where you're going if you got turned around up there. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. You don't even really need right. to know how to use one. Right. Yeah. Um, But the other thing I always think about when I hear these situations, and again, this may be one of those easier said than done type of scenarios, but having that like 200 foot length of paracord, once you find yourself a a cairn, you can then tie yourself down, sweep, sweep for the next one and then move on. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a technique that you can use, um, that I don't hear people talking about as much, but, um, you know, social media, I do I do have to say, like, I was impressed. Like, it was chaotic for about an hour. I was watching it. But I think once Ken and the admin, uh, Christine, I think it was, they sort of got things under control. The big thing for them was getting that message out to say, like, the state police have been notified Fishing Game is on it. Because I can only imagine, like, Fishing Game must have got hammered with phone calls. Yeah. Or knows? 911 got hammered with phone calls. Mm-hmm. But he made it out. Yeah. That's good he made it out. Yeah. And Corey, I got your phone number. Everyone has your phone number. So just if you're listening, I'm probably going to call you and see if you want to come on and talk talk it through. <laughs> right? We got his phone number, so I'll send him this and I'll say, what do you think? You want to come, come in and, and talk about it? Oh, yeah. Why not? So Interesting. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, yeah. He put his phone number out there. So anyway, um but that's it. So, Eric, you survived. Yeah. Not too bad. I no. thought this was a great show. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. If you'd ever need a fill-in, I'll be, I'm right here, man. Well, we've been talking about that. Mike's we've like, we got to get that. fill-in guests so we can take time off. No problem. I'd love this. I'll talk all day. Oh, yeah. I know. This might be the per- stomp. This might be the perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like we could actually have... An interview of a guest, another hiker, because right. I can record like four folks in yeah. here. You know? And when when I'm done, this is a couch I'm sitting on. This is a good bed. I'll stay right here. <laughs> it's just crash. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, so for the listeners, so Eric and Stomper in the the Woodpecker Studio up north. I'm down south. So, um, I got to get in there, man. I've never been in there. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's nice. It's cozy. It's yeah, it's cozy. Yeah. The big question, if we're going to have Eric back, is what does the executive producer and the assistant executive producer think of him? 
actually you like cats right so that's a Love plus cats man yeah. yeah so i guess i'm staying over tonight huh? no. <laughs> oh you know what actually eric before we wrap up yeah. you had said something earlier that I, that piqued my interest so yeah. you've been on a couple of dog rescues yes i have were you involved in odin no this was going back about uh, when i first started hiking about i say my first year in i was on tuckman's ravine ran into a couple i got pictures of it i think it's going to be on wmur he's going to put some photos up mm. um Carried a 90-pound Labrador Retriever. Tried carrying it like this with my arms first, and then I threw it over my shoulders and made it about three miles down to wow. you know to the to the end over there. And his his paw it wasn't the owner's fault. Paws were ripped up and bleeding. They didn't really know. Yeah, sure. So and then I a 50-pound pit bull, five miles, five miles. I had to carry that thing off the twins. Nice. That was, that was tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We fought. Oh, bring your dog, no problem. And then later on, she's like, Dad, the dog's 11. Like what? And we didn't know it was that old. Oh, so wow. I carried that thing five miles, but it was a lot lighter. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. wow. do you ever think about getting a dog? Uh, when I, if I retire one day, well, you know, <laughs> when I go back to work and retire, yeah, I will, I will. Yeah. You know, I'll get a little rat terrier like my buddy Gavin's dog. Small little dog, great hiking dog, a lot of power. They're small. You can put them in your backpack. They're like 15 pounds. Yeah. But he's done about five, six Pemi loops with us and Prezzies and everything. Strong dogs. Yeah. You know, they're not too really. big. I was yeah. talking to um, a fella the other night. He has a, a German Shepherd, like a, a rehab dog that he carries around with him. And um, he was suggesting the Mucklucks. And it, what's that? It's it's those booties for uh, oh for oh, the feet. Yeah, they, a lot of dogs don't like them though. They you know I would assume so. But yeah. he was saying that they're like really breathable because oh. if they're not breathable, that can cause a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, a lot of times they use what is it mushrooms wax on the bottom of the paws. Gavin uses that a lot too. Huh? You know, always, 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 always carry vet wrap if you have an animal too. Then, yeah. you, then you can you know save yeah. its paws because a lot of times I come across dogs and you'll see the blood tracks and they don't even know the dog's paws are bleeding like hey your dog's paws are bleeding so just wrap, wrap it up yeah do the best you can yep and the pack a paw yeah, yeah. pack a paw uh, harnesses are pretty slick yeah yeah all right man well this was awesome we learned a lot and uh we really appreciate you coming in. We'll put the sh- we'll put uh, all the stuff up in the show. Stop. These show notes are going to be like seven pages long <laughs> at this point, but it's fine. It's good. Yeah. Just don't forget shutters. Yeah. Shutters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got shutters in there. I've got um, I've got that double head mountain idea that was fantastic. So we got everything. So, Eric, thank you so much. Very we'll look welcome. forward to your your big celebrity moment on WMUR, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you again soon awesome thanks for having me on guys appreciate it thanks brother thank you awesome thank you for listening if you enjoyed the show you can subscribe on apple podcasts spotify podbean youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts if you want to learn more about the topics covered in today's show please check out the show notes and safety information at slasherpodcast.com That's S-L-A-S-R podcast.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you'll join us next week for another great show. Until then, on behalf of Mike and Stump, get out there and crush some mega peaks. Now covered in scratches, blisters, and bug bites, Chris Staff wanted to complete his most challenging day hike ever. Fish and game officers say the hiker from Florida activated an emergency beacon yesterday morning. He was hiking along the Appalachian Trail when the weather started to get worse. Officials say the snow was piled up to three feet in some spots and there was a wind chill of minus one degree. And there's three words to describe this race. Do we all know what they are? Only one
Lieutenant James Neeland, New Hampshire Fish and Game. Lieutenant, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. What are some of the most common mistakes you see people make when they're heading out on the trails to hike here in New Hampshire? It seems to me the most common is being unprepared, and I think if they just simply visited uh, hikesafe.com and got a list of the 10 essential items and had those in their packs, they probably would have no need to ever call us at all.